Are we ready? This is a dangerous dungeon, everyone. We can't be too careful with all the money that will tempt us. Ugh, it stinks in here. It stinks like rotten eggs and stale ideas and farts. Why is everything a blue screen? How can we fight things that are just computer graphics? It's so hard to stay interested in what we're doing. I want to talk blandly about everything. Whose mind created this horrible place? We can't do it, people. The mind of George Lucas can't be survived. That murder is never going to be solved. Now, a podcast so grand. Whoa. So magnificent and so vast, it spans from the way back when, right up through yesteryear. No way! Yes way! But it starts with Phil. How do you choose the best equipment? And Mike. The one that looks the best, dude! Phil, Mike, this is really quite simple. Unless you get an A-plus on your final oral report in video game history tomorrow, I have no choice but to flunk the boat of you. Two epic airheads. Mike, we are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. One time-traveling telephone booth. Uh, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Okay. I'm here to help you with your history report. Who knew the history of video games could be such an excellent adventure? Yo, dude, I have Experience Bar. How do I get experienced? It's like when you learn stuff for a long time, you know? Oh, oh look, Mike. Okay, let's check it out. Hey, who is this old dude? It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Hey, excuse me, old dude. Do you know if there's any bogus bosses of historic significance here? How's it going, ugly pixelated dude? These are your hosts, Philip Willis. Those are some hot magic slinging babes. And Mike Meeky. The gaming report, not a babe report. And all kinds of games from RPG Backtrack. If you guys are really us, what game are we thinking of? Shining Force, dude! Dudes! This is Phil and Mike's Excellent RPG Backtrack. Welcome once again to another episode of the RPG Backtrack. This is number 173, you meddling kids! And this is one of your hosts, Phil Willis, and the other host, Mr. Mike Minky. I'm supposed to say something deep and inspirational and wonderful, and I'm just coming up empty, so I'm sorry, everybody. You'll just have to settle for an amiable greeting. Hmm, well don't worry, because we got a couple of peeps to help back you up today. First and foremost is the one, the only, Mr. Michael Iaps. What's up? Hey, Mr. Nathan Schlothen. Um, and once, once again, cartoon, it's Schlothen, that's all. Slow him again. Slow him down. We're going to slow down and talk about Persona 4 tonight. See how I segue slowly into that? No, that, that went over my head, I'm sorry. Persona 4! Persona! Bearsona! Persona! Oh god, the bear puns have begun already? Yes! We've just barely begun! Ah! We're gonna be here. I don't know if I can bear ever. <laughs> oh, come on. Teddy's the only good part about the game. Okay, so, uh, Persona 4. We're talking about Persona 4 and Persona 4 Golden tonight. That's what we're going to do, and there's a lot to talk about there because it's such a beefy game, so we're just going to jump right into it after these messages from our sponsors. 
Welcome back. We're ready to talk about Shumigami Tensei Persona 4, developed by Atlas, published in, well, in North America. Well, it says EU. That's Europe. Where's North America on this? Oh, Atlas. <laughs> um, unless you want to go for the Vita version, then it's in IS America for Persona 4 Golden. Uh, this was... Wait, wait, who published it in the EU? We want to know. Oh, I'm sorry. NIS America. Okay. Publish it in the EU. Oh, EU Square Enix on the PlayStation 2. The original. Bleh. So originally released in Japan and North America by Atlas. Released later on in the EU by Square Enix. And the Vita version was released in the EU by NIS America. And in Australia, because I'm guessing that's what AU stands for, was Ubisoft. <laughs> Everyone wanted a piece of the Persona 4 pie, it seems. Yeah, everyone got a little piece of the Persona 4. There you go. Uh, anywho, this was... You uh, have to use Uplay to play it in the 8. That's the why eight. I went... <laughs> could you imagine? Uh, this uh, this was released originally on the PlayStation 2, and later the Golden version released on the PlayStation Vita. Uh, on the PlayStation 2 originally in July 10th, 2008. And then the Golden version here in North America on November 20th, 2012. This is a single-player... Social Simulation RPG Experience. Now, guys, tonight our goal is to seek out the truth about Persona. Because I'm sure our listeners have read the critic reviews that they haven't played it themselves and probably think it's the most awesome game in the world. But tonight, we're going to seek out the dirty truth on Persona. Okay, then I will give you the dirty truth on Persona. <laughs> Persona 4 is one of the top, four, just the top five RPGs ever made. What he said. <laughs> we shall see. But first, we must talk about the story. Who wants to talk about the story of Persona 4? Um, I guess I'll... Go, Nathan, go! I think you have a better memory than me, Nathan, so you probably <laughs> remember the fine details. And I just, I just finished it, like, for okay. once I actually played one of the games we're talking about, so if you get something wrong, I'm on it. Bam! Okay, well, it is a very long, involved game, so I'm going to discuss the very broadest details. Is Basically, you are generic nameless hero guy who basically you're just moving to the small town of Inaba in Japan. Your parents are basically just saying, oh, hey, go live with your uncle. We don't care or something. So you're just moving in with your uncle who you never met before, who happens to be a police officer. Meeting Apparently this daughter. is a thing in Japan where you will often just because schools are so important, you will be away from most of your family and just expected to study 17 hours a day. Yeah, luckily our hero isn't studying 17 hours a day, considering (laughs) (laughs) it would also be a very boring game. (laughs) That would be a very boring day. Uh, Yeah, so anyways, just you show up in town, you meet some people, and they'll start going to school. There's a couple interesting personalities in the school, but they're all fairly just normal people. And then people start getting murdered. And they're just not normal murders. These are weird murders. Like, found suddenly hanging from a weird TV antenna that's off the town kind of murders. And this makes the town suddenly very afraid. And oh, no one knows what's going on. There's one murder, and then there's another murder. And people's going to say, this makes no sense. And in the middle of all this, the hero gets sucked into a TV. Yeah. This is as weird for him as it is for just to say, but you get sucked into the TV. However, the TV is too small, so you can't actually go all the way in. So he goes and tell, the main hero goes and tells his best friend, oh, hey, I got sucked into the TV. Doesn't believe him. But, they, you know, they're willing to try it anyway, so they go into the TV world. 
And thus begins the weird series of adventures where they realize the TV world is killing people. There is a murderer out there throwing people on TVs and letting the TV world kill them. And thus begins their adventures to find the people the murderer has abducted and thrown into the TV, track them down, save them from the bizarre shadow beings of the TV world, and try to solve out who the heck is the murderer. And this is a long, involved game with a lot of cool plot twists. So, yeah, there's a number of major candidates for the murderer suspects. There are, there are, the heroes are wrong many times. There are many people they rescue who all join, except the people who are murder suspects who don't. And, yeah, eventually you get the ending. Realize the ending's not all that great. Realize there's, in fact, a true secret ending hidden beyond that so you don't know how to get. Look it up online, how to do so, and eventually actually see the real hidden, final ending, in which you find the true source of the murderers behind all other truths of the murder, which is, like, three or four layers deep. And, yeah, that is presumable. So was it easy to figure out how to get the true ending, or did that pretty much demand a fact? I, you know, there's a bit of a hint there. There's a hint early on in the game that, like, doesn't come up at all until the end. Yeah, basically, that's a very small window of opportunity in the ending where you get a moment of freedom. I mean, you can just use that moment of freedom to not do anything, but there's that moment of freedom in the middle of the ending where you can actually start kicking your way to the true ending. You just need to find that window and exploit it. Okay. It's evil. <laughs> it took me months to actually sit down and, and find, uh, look at a fact to figure out what the heck I did wrong. And I said, oh, wait, that, that actually makes sense. And I choked took it down. That's a lot better than Idea Factory true endings. <laughs> Do I even want to know? You don't. Probably, probably not. Not. Uh, not unless you want to revisit the horror and pain that is agorist. No, no. There we go. That I have just proclaimed... Persona 4 better than Agarest. Wow, I have that set the bar high. One rung on the ladder towards being the greatest game, one of the greatest games of all time. We have many more rungs to climb, which we will do. It's going to be better than Kemco games? Wow, we're setting the bar high today. Say <laughs> <laughs> on. Okay, so anyone want to elaborate on my quick summary of the story? Because I know that was horribly abbreviated. <laughs> There's just so much to cover. Yeah, I mean, that covers the like overarching plot but i think a game like this it's kind of like the moment to moment stuff that's important yeah this game transcends its plot in many ways because yeah this is a game about daily life with you just going through a year high school with your friends doing crazy stuff and the characters just get up to just a lot of crazy stuff in their daily lives and that's half the charm of the game really pretty much and i think they do a really good job of making them you know feel like actual real high schoolers that just happen to be uh, fighting weird shadow things on the side. Yeah, I mean, just like, an early scene is your character's like, oh, hey, these shadow things are dangerous, let's grab some weapons. So they swing their weapons around in a broad daylight street, and they get arrested. Because <laughs> who <laughs> swings around stores on the street of Japan, in a Japanese town? <laughs> uh, it's just having to get busted from the, the a jail cell by your police officer or uncle is like, it's just a fun, random thing that happens. Yeah. Just, the game is full of cool moments like that. You're not contributing yet to this, Phil. I, do you disagree with the cool moments, or are you fine with that? Well, no. I mean, and specifically, specifically in regards to the story, I mean, I, I pretty much, uh, I, I pretty much enjoyed it. Uh, the characters, the you know, just really seeing them grow. I think for me, the the journey was definitely much better than the end, so to speak. 
um, just uh, going through uh, and getting to know each of the characters. It does a really good job of showing you, uh, you know, how each of the characters in your party is growing and and moving forward uh, through, you know, as you get through the events and how they grow through those events. So, you know, all of that is 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 definitely uh, cool. Um, yeah, as you, when you get to the ending, that's a whole other story, in my opinion. But we'll wait a little bit more on that. But the actual journey itself, which is where you spend the vast majority of the time for me, was was super awesome. And it and it really is. It, it really does illustrate when you play this game. It kind of ruins you for a lot of other JRPGs, I think, because you ask yourself, why aren't other games doing this kind of you know character development? that make you want to care care with the characters and laugh at the characters and cry with the characters and stuff. You actually kind of feel like they're your friends. And working through the social links, which, you know, we'll talk about those, I'm sure, um, get the, 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 the information you get during those social link events uh, as you get to know uh, both the main uh, people in your party, the main NPCs, and the, uh, the supporting NPCs, it's really cool. Yeah, so. I just, I mean, characters grow so much and change so much. And I think that's one of the strengths of this game because... Most RPGs send you on a journey in which you're going across distance a great deal. You're just going to new places and new pl- things. But this is a game which is you're the same place all the time, but time has passed. And so, you know, just, you get to see the changes over time in the same place. The same, in, you get the same NPCs in town every day, but they're always reacting to new things. I mean, I like that kind of thing quite a bit. And it's underused in RPG. It's just done really well here in Persona 4. Really well. Yeah, I think this is a game that really sold me on the idea that, you know, a, a big long RPG doesn't necessarily need to be some grand world traveling thing. You could just focus on one area and just really, you know, kind of flesh flesh it out. Yeah, I mean... Make it like a, its own living, breathing place. Yeah, and more than that, like, this is a very small-scale adventure. I mean, it's basically a small group of fan, friends are trying to solve two murders nominally perpetrated by one person. That's all of it. I mean... There's some grander things hidden in the background which are much bigger scale and potentially more dangerous than that. But ultimately, this is a story of a group of kids trying to solve two murders. <coughs> and, 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 but, I mean, you're, you're right. Keeping it in one city with one location really does uh, give you the time to really get to know people and for them to get to know you and develop those relationships uh, and flesh out those characters and show, and show everything in a meaningful way. Uh, and it's it's actually something I use in pen and paper a lot. You know, I'll do. Yeah, there's obviously the campaigns that you'll do where you have the party going across the world to beat the big bad guy. Uh, but I find that those campaigns where you're centered in one city uh, can actually be. Uh, you wouldn't think that it would be, you know, deeper. I guess in a way because you're like, oh, you're stuck in one city. That's going to get kind of boring. That's going to seem kind of shallow after a while. But no, when you actually spend time getting to know people. Uh, and seeing them through, you know, the entire year, it's actually pretty cool and gives your character time to develop meaningful relationships. When you're going doing those across-the-world journeys, too, have you noticed how those always feel like, even though it's supposed to be this big, epic journey, they always feel like it's really just a matter of days or maybe weeks at the most. But in this game, it literally feels like an entire year. Yeah. You know, you're going each one day at a time, every single day. Well, you can kind of skip over a couple things, but not very much. Yeah. Like you go through you know hundreds of in-game days. You having to go through them every just one day at a time. And, uh, it's it's really laser focused on a very just a very narrow slices of time across this whole year, and it's really awesome. Now, on the other hand, if if you're one of those people who just love seeing differently designed cities every you know half dozen hours or so, you're not going to get that because the day begins and ends in the same city every single day. So yeah, but, I mean, and this is. 
I mean, it's also a very mundane city. It's just a small town, which is, you know, its biggest problem is the newest grocery stores coming in, causing a couple old family-owned businesses to close down. That's the big drama in the city outside of, you know, the murders. <laughs> it's like the most mundane possible setting. And yet, that's such an amazing story. Yeah, they got, uh, they got their own version of Walmart moving in. Yeah, I was going to say, it's basically Walmart. <laughs> Whatever the Japanese version of Walmart is. Yeah. Now, I saw somewhere that if you are very, very slow and deliberately waste your time, that's the impression I got, then you could, in fact, get a bad ending where the murderer is never caught. I be- Yeah, I mean, it's the kind of thing where, you know, if, if people are thrown into the TV, you only have so much time before they're killed, which is, you know, usually like several weeks, but... But, you know, if the rains come, which will bring the fog, which causes, which is the trigger for a person being killed with inside the TV world, then they will die. However, you know, this, they give you a lot of time for this, and if you hit this point, you can actually wind back time if you get another chance at it all. You lose all the progress you made in the meeting. Yeah, you'd have to know exactly what to do and how to do it in order to better yourself at that point. Yeah, so you just know more about you know, what is ahead of you and such. It gives you some better chance. So let's talk about the uh, the characters, because there's quite a few characters to talk about. Well, let's see here. We have our generic protagonist, who actually is given a certain amount of interesting characterization, especially in the anime adaptation, but uh, he's just a kind of <laughs> laid-back, unreactive guy who's you know actually really badass in respects. So, uh, he's our generic hero. Yeah, I mean... Um, the- the, the the most interesting thing I think was I mean that co- goes into who he's staying with uh, Do- Dojima you know and, and the, their interactions you know where Dojima's getting flustered that he knows the, the the kid's hiding something and the protagonist is hiding stuff from him but he can't figure it out and it's pissing him off yeah and there's also stuff like you know he's got, I mean, he's also got his the his uncle his cousin Nanako who's his uncle's daughter who is basically you know. He has to now suddenly be kind of a big brother figure to her, who she's basically been this alone in the house this entire time. As her uncle's always, as his uncle's always, work, her father, his uncle is always at work, and so he's just you know suddenly the, she lonely has this lonely girl who has no family, and suddenly he's the only family she really can react, relate to on a day to day basis. And it's a nice bond forms there. And so there's a lot of you know he's the main character never speaks and such. He's a silent protagonist, but he's surrounded by so many cool characters. He's got so many funny lines, like in those situations, like checking the refrigerator. It's like suddenly you've got this character who, you know, every day you can come home and you can check the refrigerator and there's often something weird in there. And it's like, you know, the question is like, do you eat it or not? And even it's like, it's fuzzy and possibly moving. You know, the options are like, do you eat what? Do you want to eat it? And it's like, just little quirks like that come up. Give even a character, a silent protagonist on his own, some charm. And Plus, I guess if you go on to play Persona Q, then he won't necessarily be silent. I have yet to actually play that game. I probably should. Some. should. Oh, you're missing out. It has extra bear jokes in it. <laughs> oh, God. No, we haven't gotten to Teddy yet. Let's let's go in a linear order, shall we? So, so yeah. Yeah, Yosuke. Yosuke? Yeah. Yosuke. Yeah. The son of the owner of the lo- the new Walmart that came in, and uh, no one in town likes him because of this. He doesn't like the town either because he's Tokyo and hates small town Japan. And he's basically struggling. And but you know, the other character mo- moves into town. He finds his first friend, and he becomes your annoying best friend. 
And he goes through a lot of character developments, going through his crush on the second girl who was murdered, his dealing with that, his just a, his own struggle attempts to fit in, and even kind of you know his story is nothing you know particularly unique amongst all the other stories going on, but he's always there as his own, offering his own perspective and voice to things. And you know he's your first real ally, so that helps too. Um, his persona is what is it called again? Uh, you're going to make me try and remember the names of the persona. It's the Frog Ninja. It's the Frog uh, Ninja. I forget. Damn, I can't remember it all. Some of those personas. Yeah, don't ask me to remember names. They were all weird names. Those personas were all weird names, so... Yeah, but anyways, who cares? Moving on. Who's next? Uh, next would be... Um, Chie? Chie? Satanaka Chie, the girl who loves Bruce Lee movies and meat. And meat, yep. And she's basically always arguing with Yosuke. Just Doesn't always. she also love beating up Yosuke when he behaves abhorrently? Yeah, she, I think, threatens to kick him a few times and such. Like when he breaks certain stuff. <laughs> you know what? That's actually quite justifiable. It is. Yeah, Mr. Apps, imagine if Yosuke was in your house and just broke your Panzer Dragoon Saga discs. Oh, that would be that would be a beat defense, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To put it mildly, yes. Look, I can't go in depth into Chie. I know we're more from Persona Q. Sorry, she's she's fun and extremely entertaining. Uh, she's just yeah. very cheerful, tomboyish girl. Yeah, she's just great at kicking things into orbit. She's the best super move. Um, uh, I don't want to say she's just a bastion of cheerfulness who has a slight controversy that they changed her voice in the Golden remake. Even though you know, I think yeah. everyone complained about her voice acting in the original, but I still really liked it. So I, I always hesitate. That's the one thing that makes me hesitate on actually playing Golden, which I haven't done so yet because you know, it's fine. Like, why change character voices? It was great. It, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, there's other things to pick on okay. Persona. Yeah, I, I don't think they ever explained why they did it, but I assume there's a good reason. I assume. I, you know, she was always she was always working out, working hard uh, because she wants to protect her friends, especially Akiko. That was kind of her <laughs> shtick, uh, you know. And so she she you know she she grows uh, through that as well. Uh, so yeah, Yukiko Amagi, the innkeeper daughter yeah yukiko is basically the girl who her family owns an, a traditional japanese inn in inaba and she's you know basically at some point her mother just like gets sick or, or collapses and so she's forced to suddenly become the, te- the the nominal owner of the inn which puts a lot of media pressure on her and she crumples she's always been kind of the super shine awkward girl that has way too many guys crushing on her in school never knew how to deal with that and Basically, she's been struggling with her life when she gets thrown into the TV and you have to res- go rescue her. And she's the first one to really show it. Basically, when people throw on the TV, their shadows come out, revealing a completely alternate personality of the, a hidden side of that person. And but she's the first character to really get the real backlash of, this is a completely different person than we're used to, and which is kind of neat. Yeah, she then joins, and she's your awesome fire mage who burns yeah. everything to a crisp. Yeah, she, she, <laughs> and the she, healer. Yeah, and the healer. Yeah, kind of like the whole. I like the whole phoenix uh, theme going on there. I've used that in my RPG, uh, pen and paper. But yeah, she, she, you know, her shadow is basically, you know, or her whole shadow world was. I'm looking for a prince to come save me. 
you know, and and so she that 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 was something that she had to confront, um, you know, because she's always like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not into that. I'm an independent woman, really. No, I, I, I'm okay, really. And it's like, no, you really got this side of you that you won't admit that you know you're really looking yeah. for this prince in shining armor. Yeah, she kind of portrays herself as a person who's has it together and doesn't really isn't really interested in romance and is overall fine in her daily life and doesn't need people to worry about her when she's secretly just being crushed by her feelings and just wants someone to take her whisk her away from everything she knows to, off to some other new kind of night life and such and she's just such trouble admitting that everyone yeah. has these kinds of hang-ups and you have to f- literally fight the physical embodiment of them inside their own sh- mental TV worlds which is like, this is really cool stuff they do of setting up the the shadow versions of them trying to work their way through to have to and basically have to save these people from their own you know worst feelings and parts of those just don't want to accept or admit and you know this is a thing which they just barely hinted at existing in Persona Three but here in Persona Four they go full bore with it and it's you know it makes the whole shadow Persona elements of the story of these beings which are your your hidden self which suddenly given physical form, it just makes it work so much better than it was in Persona 3. Uh, so much better. Yeah, yeah, you had to face yourself, and but the, the shadow would always get stronger. You know, when first confronted, just about everyone, when, when confronted with this copycat of themselves that is showing this very, you know, whether it's rude or uh, the side that you don't want people to see, they yeah, are like, oh, I, that's not me. Bit. Yeah, that's the cynical you or no, whatever. You're it's like, not me. That's not Everyone me. Everyone says this, and it's always a moment when the shadow says, ha, 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 now I am powerful. Yeah, now and you pissed me off. Monster. Yeah, it's like Rita's monster growing in the Power Rangers. Like, ah, now you pissed me off. Yeah, uh, and there's always this cool music track they do every single time, and I love it whenever they do it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, let's see here. Then we had uh, Kanji Tatsumi. Yeah, a guy who... This is where things start getting more complicated. He's actually struggling with his sexual identity and such. Yeah. Uh, he, he's you know, like wondering, like, hey, am I gay? What the heck? Uh, you know, he's this big, strong, tough guy, and so he has no idea how to deal with his feelings. <laughs> so he suddenly find himself crushing on someone who he thinks is a guy. And uh, just, you know, it throws him for a loop, and, and he gets thrown on TV, and you have to fight his openly gay shadow guy who he has to deal with. And he's just... I mean, he has no idea what to do with all that. Uh, and it's like, you know, this is where Persona 4 is actually, you know, it's pretty bold in what someone wanted to take on. Yeah. So I, I... Um, yeah, yeah. And, and and I thought what was really kind of touching uh, about him is is later on, it's, you know, he, he's first shown as like this really tough biker dude. But later on, he's... He, um, He's making dolls for kids and things like that. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, he's a guy who, you know, he's, he was raised in a fabric shop who, uh, up, and it's just, he's got this really kind of gentle, like, oh, hey, I like making dolls and stuff. And it's like, yeah. and it's, you know, he's he kind of like, he's both, he's, he has, shows this side to himself without really compromising on his angry tough guy image, too. Because he's just, shows you don't have to be either or. It's kind of his real story of trying to, accepting that he can be both. Such. And I just, he's got a great story arc, and he's just, you know, he's a guy who walks into a battle and kicks something butt by swinging a giant, picking up random stuff like chairs and whacking them with all, with all his strength. He's another really fun character, just in battle and everything. I mean, he's kind of sucky to lightning magic, but he's still got it. <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of funny, though, because he kind of had a crush on um, Naoto, Naoto, who is dressed, who's got cross-dressing issues. 
because she's all yeah. the time dressing up like a guy to prove herself as a detective or whatever. And yeah. of course, all detectives are guys, right? Especially young ones. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, oh, well, I had a crush on a girl all along, you know. So I think yeah, I like, ended up. I think I was more confused than, than he was by the end of the show. Yeah, it's they're extremely ambiguous at times about that. <laughs> how, wondering how they really feel, what they really want to be. And yeah. I think that's. I think that's a good reflection of like that age. Yeah, it's like you know. You know, answers aren't easy to come by about stuff like that. Yeah. And people want to fit in, but they also want to be themselves. And there's, it causes that conflict and that struggle. And that's the core thing of Persona 4 is trying to resolve that struggle. And it, it tells such great stories because of it. So then we have Rize uh, Kujikawa. Yeah, Rize is honestly, like, she's both in some ways some of my favorite characters and also some of my least favorite characters. Because her opening story is handled really well of... How she, you know, she's this idol, but she also has this side where she just wants to be a normal person who has completely contrary personality to the idol self she projects. And her whole going through that story early in the game is actually really interesting and done well. But then for the rest of the game, she's basically idol mode 100% of the time. So it, it leads to a question of, like, what is her real conflict? What's really going on with her? Who is, where have it happened to that reason we saw in the beginning? So she doesn't feel like she has as much good complexity from the other characters, so it, it hurts her a little bit. But at the time, she's also still really fun in most every scenes she's in, so I can't hate her. So. It's really hard to hate any of these characters. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Oh, except one character. It's really easy to hate a certain character, <laughs> but that's a, we'll have to get to a little bit later. And we have... Wait, are we talking about that character that's We're been ta- inspiring all the puns that Phil keeps dropping. No, no, not. Uh, I'm talking about villains here. No, okay. you're you're very very wrong. We're talking about Naoto Shiragane. Yeah, Naoto is she's a girl. She she's a great detective. She likes dressing as a boy because she wants to fit in with detectives. And she has gender identity issues. And yeah, she's basically you know an actual detective help, trying to help you solve these murders, which helps everyone a ton because you know. Murder solving is hard. High school students are not very good at this. And, you know, she actually carries a gun into a fight and has powerful instant death magic, which I will never complain about. Except when it keeps messing over again. Uh, yeah, that can be a little annoying. But unlike, Persona, unlike, unlike Persona Q, where it works a whole lot more often. Woohoo! Sounds yeah, bad if you really, she, She's really good in Persona. I must say. Uh, well, that kind of conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I wish I'd played a Persona Q. I'm sorry, but I can't comment on it. So, uh, uh, what about uh, what about what about what about what about our best very best friend Teddy? Teddy is a teddy bear, a hollow, empty shell of a teddy bear. With a boy is walking around the TV world, and he makes bear puns because Japanese G clerks do not translate well, and bear puns work better. Bear puns are bear-tastic. I. <laughs> I, I'm so, struggling so to with bear puns to match. I am sorry. So, I is this clause for alarm? <laughs> should this give you pause? <laughs> so Teddy, no, no you should be Teddy, jumping on this. I thought yeah. you were all about the bear puns tonight. Yeah. Um, so Teddy is a shadow from he's the shadow world. Sort of a shadow. He's n- we, it's a little ambiguous what kind of being he is, but he's a being who lives in the shadow world within the television set. Uh, but he is—he struggles with his own hollow nature. 
well, his, he doesn't at first, but he first wants to just kick the people out of the TV, all the kids, meddling kids out of the TV world because he wants to be left alone, but then he slowly starts joining them, and then he starts realizing, you know, I'm hollow, I hate this, and then his shadow pops out, and it's the freakiest thing, I swear, and after that, he says, I'm going to grow myself a new body, and somehow this works, and instead of a hollow teddy bear, he becomes a filled teddy bear. Teddy Bear fills with this annoying blonde haired punk kid who still spouts bear bond because it's still Teddy. <laughs> I, I have to say, I never saw that twist coming when it actually happened. I, didn't, I, didn't, I was just laughing nonstop. I'm sorry, I was just laughing at the bottom of it. Yeah, no, Teddy's creepy. When he gets flattened out and stuff and you're fighting his shadow, that's just creepy Teddy. Yep. That's a good boss battle, too. Yeah, yeah. Actually, better than the final. Anyway, um, at least maybe that's because I... Mm, really? Uh, yeah, because I've learned my lesson with Shimegami Tensei games. Strange I Journey. Freaking Strange Journey scarred me for life. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, Strange Journey. Come yeah, on uh, it's, a sh- it's all these Shimegami Tensei games, man. They are there to just tell you to bend over and take it hard. Because, you know, holy uh, shiz. Excuse me, sir. You know it, it doesn't even have the Shin Megami Tensei label on it in Japan. It, it, well, I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia cover for Persona 4, and we all know Wikipedia is 100% official well, and yeah, accurate. Like, Shin Megami Tensei labeling is weird in that, you know, it's blatantly obvious there are a lot of games which are should be in it, that it, even though they're not, like, say, Devil Survivor. But on the other hand, well, Persona is also in that same thing. Like, it's it's well, blatantly very... obviously connected. At the same time, technically in the Japanese version, it's not, but it is in the U.S. version. And so it is best not to ask, not to ask the question whether it's part of the Shin Megami Tensei franchise or not, because that will lead to stupid arguments. Yeah. And honestly, it doesn't really matter. The, the first Persona really matter. was Persona... definitely a Shin Megami Tensei, right? Yeah. First so... two. First two and a half. First, I don't, I don't know how you want to count the two Persona 2. Yeah. Those were, I mean, I think technically in Japan, those were not even Shin Megami Tensei. They were like, the same thing Devil Surfer was, Megami even Roku, maybe? I'm not sure. I'd have to research this. Well, they're definitely honorary parts of the series. How's that? Yes, they're definitely honorary. It's like, you know, we all know that this is the same pool of demons showing up. They're just calling them shadows and personas now. I, I think some of the models even come directly from the earlier Shin Megami Tensei PS2. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, lifted the models directly from Nocturne. Yeah, I can tell you though, they're the same demons I recruited in in Strange Journey and the such. Do they look any better in 3D than they did it on the 2D versions of Strange Journey? Um, you know, they do on. The, I, I do like the Vita, the, the Vita graphics. Um, Persona. Persona 2, the demons, when you're summoning those, of course, it's it's play, or Persona 3, I mean, on the PlayStation 2, which Bear is where Sona? I play that at. Persona! Ha! Um, you know, those graphics barely have enough polygons to get by. So, yeah. I, I would prefer the 2D graphics to Persona 3, but Persona 4 Golden Rocks. I don't know. It just Maybe it's because it's also on a smaller screen and not stretched all over my living room. So... That that might be influencing my decision too, so I can't wait for Persona Five to see those demons in high definition. Oh my god! Uh, I'm so looking forward to that. Uh, it in my veins, please. Please, uh, I pre-ordered, pre-ordered. Our, when are you coming? 
Uh, anywho, uh, so that kind of that kind of uh, that's the main characters. I mean, there's a whole bunch of supporting characters, and we'll, well be here all night. Well, our site says that Persona Five is coming on the 14th of February. Two uh, weeks, if <laughs> only. If that's only time for birthday present. Yeah, it's in May now, right? Is that what you said? April, 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 and sure, April. Don't you dare jinx it back a month. Uh, okay. Uh, so there's a whole well, bunch. Of- well, somebody needs to update our site then. <laughs> All you have to do is look at the sidebar that says upcoming games, and it still says February 14th for Persona 5. Yeah, Someone fouled other up. places that still have the original release date, too. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I don't want to get into too much into this to, to, to all of these supporting, you know, casts, because there are so many characters who would be here uh, all night. But I think we could take uh, just a couple of minutes to talk about uh, the main antagonist. Yeah, the murderer. Dun dun dun! And we're going to totally spoil this, boys and girls. Yes, so, we are going to spoil who the murderer is right now. So on this no very old game, kind of a thing, you know, avert your ears or something. Avert, definitely, <laughs> the definitely, murderer is you. No, yeah, just, the entire time you were doing this shiz uh, in actually, your sleep. No, that would be a terrible plot twist. <laughs> and so cliche. Now, I, and I will say, I will say, unfortunately, I kind of felt like it was him since the beginning because I don't know, he felt a little too obvious to me. But you know, I lo- didn't actually pick it up until the moments where they basically, you know, just make you say, "Who is the murderer?" And I had to sort it out myself. But at that point, it's like it became clear, and I like that about the end. It's like you know, they drop hints here and there, things to make it make sense. So the red, the red herring towards the end threw me off for 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 a hot minute. Like, oh, it was really that guy. We go after that guy, and we think he got it. But wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. All these facts aren't really adding up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's going to be back to my first suspect, which was Toru Adachi. Yeah, that's it. There's at least one character you're going to hate in this game, and if I didn't do it, it's Adachi. Uh, he starts off so fun as a, you know, just this random goofy police sidekick guy. But he is the murderer. Dun, dun, dun. And, you know, I mean... There's a lot of little hints here and there. A lot of things just slowly make it make sense. And, you know, there's a couple fake-outs. Like, halfway through the game, there's one kid who, you know, is, like, an obvious, like, I'm a creepy weirdo who is thinking obsessed way too much with the murders, and they go after him, and, you know, it goes through a whole dungeon world of him. And Does he confess? Confesses. He gets arrested, but he's not the murderer. I mean, he killed someone, actually, but... <laughs> Not, you know, the two murderers are actually most upset, looking, investigating. Um, and then you find just, um, I'm blanking on his name, but uh, the guy who, just the kidnapper. There's this guy who is actually responsible for all of the, of the kidnappings you actually have to rescue people from in, order, in all of the TV worlds. Like every single one of your party members who was abducted and thrown into the TV was abducted by this guy. But he's not the actual murderer. He did not kill the two people at the start of the game. And he has not actually killed anyone. But he's yeah. just instead manipulated by the murderer into thinking he has to save people by throwing them into the TV. Yeah, and that's the red herring that that kind of throws you off for a, a you know a hot you know a hot minute if you suspected somebody else, and that was pretty well. Done. Yeah, it's really well done. The fact that you know this guy is really set up as a plausible murderer, so plausible in fact that you can literally kill him yourself and get a bad ending out of it. In fact, you have to work a bit hard to avoid that bad ending in order to persuade your party members to not do this crazy thing of, you know, of killing him and leaving it at that. And that's one of my favorite things about this whole game is that it gives you that, these moments where, like, you know, we have to say, hey, this is wrong. We're not on the right track. We need to stop this. 
and then you have to sit down and think, who is the real murderer if it's not this guy? And it literally gives you a list of every major character in the game, and you have to select the murderer out of that list. I love that it actually hits you that point where the player himself has to figure it out who it is. And <coughs> then you confront the murderer, and he, you know... He's actually literally the evil version of your main characters in terms of powers go, because he has the corrupted version of, of Izanagi, the kind of persona you get to the very beginning of the game, which is a neat twist towards actually point towards the truth, which is the true person behind all of the murders is not actually Adachi. It is the person who gave Adachi his powers. But that's for the true ending rather than the main ending. Yeah. In the meantime, you get to do the... The, main, the normal ending, which is you beat Adachi, and then this weird giant ball emerges, which is basically the, the thing which created the midnight television, the weird television world you go into for your adventures. And since you have to kill it, kind of just for the sake of it. And then it, normally you just get the ending, but in it, if you you know, in the middle of the ending, do that, do a certain thing, you get to move on to the true ending and identify the person who gave both Adachi and the main character their special powers. And, which is why, you know, the main character has the ability to go to the TV world even though he hasn't actually been rescued from it, like everyone else. And, yeah, that's most of it. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of social link characters, but there's too much to, too many of them to really go through. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, just the page on them goes on and on and on. It's like um, what twenty eight of them or something. Yeah, it feels like it easily. So uh, yeah, lots of lots of really cool characters, and you'll want to care about them. I mean, you, you know, even the you know, uh, so we, even the nameless NPCs like the funky students are just kind of entertaining to interact with on a daily basis. Right. So you'll definitely, you know, definitely get your miles worth just just talking to characters and getting to know them and the such. Um, and that, uh, you know, kind of segues in speaking of getting to know people into the um, simulation part of the game, so to speak, dating slash friend simulation or whatever you want to call it. And stat pumping. Don't forget the stat pumping. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the stat pumping. Oh, good grief. There's an eye roll. Ah. Uh, so, okay, so you've got, in this one, the first, uh, Persona 3, you had three attributes you had to work up, and it seemed like I got those up pretty quick in Persona 3. In Persona 4, you've got six, and uh, and, and there's various ways to, to raise those from reading books to doing kind of work activities in your home at the end of the night to picking up uh, part-time jobs and showing up for those, and, and those will increase everything from your understanding to your ex- expression or whatnot. And these are really, really are just uh, barriers, I guess, or hurdles in order for you to open up other social interactions down the road. Like you might, your your niece may be having a, a problem or want to talk to you. When you sit down and talk to her, the option, the, the response that you need to give isn't available yet because you don't have proper expression. You can't further that social link any further. Um, so doors will open and jobs will open open as those stats go up so you really feel like you need to max like get more money from the jobs you're working on and such yeah so you really feel like you gotta work these up um but but yeah ultimately they in a way uh kind of feel like time sinks not not uh time sinks as in how much time it takes off the game but how many calendars it takes (laughs) yeah they they kind of are there to you know, activities of building up these are kind of a way to fill time so you know you're not having a big lengthy social link scene every day you're instead just oh hey this day can go by quick because i just you know want to take on the beef bowl challenge and yeah. stuff yeah beef bowl challenge. beef bowl challenge 
So you, you've got you've got you know that's one thing you can do with your days. Work on some or all those stats through a number of different ways. You've also got your friends, both the ones that will join your party, plus other you know NPCs in the town that you get to know. And and as you talk to them and you make choices during those conversations, you earn behind the scenes somewhere you earn relationship points. And once you get enough relationship points, that that relationship is ready to level up and the corresponding social link. That is tied into one of the tarot cards or whatever it's called. Um, the major icon of the tarot. May yeah, what you just said. That will your ability, you, you know, that will level up, which means when you make a, a demon by fusing two other demons together, and if the result is going to be of that particular arcana type, he'll get he or she or it will get bonus experience points, which is very useful. Yeah, you can get like up to five bonus levels if you get yeah. involved here. Or, or, or if you're social link fully maxed, and that really helps in making the game a lot easier. Right, because your your character may be level twenty, but if if you're using uh, uh, your, your character's battle statistics are pretty much all driven off of the persona that you're using. So if you're using a level ten persona, your character is effectively level ten. Conversely, if you just fused a level. 20 person you're at level 20 you can only fuse up to your level so you fuse a level 20 and you get the five bonus levels then uh, because you maxed out that social link well now you're level 20 that that demon's level 25 so you're effectively level 25 when you have that persona equipped in battle and yeah personas level up very slowly so like, these the five levels are probably the vast majority of levels it's ever going to gain so it helps a ton in terms of gaining their very special abilities and such yeah, and I, when I first played, I mean, it's the same thing you see in Persona 3, but when I first played Persona 3, that was kind of hard for me to accept because it's like you start off with this cool-looking, you know, demon, I forget what his name was, that's with the main character, and I'm like, oh, I just want to kind of level up him and work with him, but no, if you stick with one no. demon, no, it Not doesn't work Doesn't work out, no, no. Now, I will say that the system of, and that, that kind of segues into the combining demon system and stuff for your main character. Your your main character is a wild card. He can equip any uh, demon or persona, whatever you want to call it, shadow. But the other characters, they pretty much got one and they're stuck with that one. So they, yeah, they're I mean, stuck with the same strengths, weaknesses, and spells pretty much. They get those that go along, but the fire chick is always going to be a fire chick. Yeah, I mean, that's a you know, basic limitation. They, they only get one upgrade, which is you max their social link. They only get to their persona transform into its more powerful state. Other than that, they're you know, going to be the same in the entire game. And, yeah. But they get tons of cool abilities, too, so it's not like they fall behind. But. Yeah, but your main character, he can equip you know any demon. He can swap them in the middle of battle, and the strategy there is we, d- different demons have different strengths and weaknesses. So if you're going up against an enemy who's got that stupid instant freaking death magic that kills your leader, game over, reset the dungeon, whatever, well, you can equip the demon that is strong against dark magic. Or better yet, reflects it. There you go. Have to think kill itself. So that's that. That was pretty. That's pretty cool. So you'll want to. You'll always constantly be trying to collect and make demons that cover uh, a broad range of uh, weaknesses or strengths or whatever. Or you do what Phil does. And uh, who was it? Uh, Lilith? Is it Lilith, the the daughter of Satan, whatever her name was? Whatever she was. I got her around level 60. And she had uh, the Almighty spell of some sort, the one that does Almighty damage, which is almost never. Yeah, whatever it was. It's very rarely resisted. It does a crap ton of damage. Plus, now it takes a crap ton of magic points. However, she also has the skill to, I had given her the skill infusing her to regain a crap ton of magic points after every battle. 
So, so I would cast it, wipe everything out, and come out only one magic point short for the exchange. And, I mean, she would wipe everything out. Uh, I'm not <laughs> even sure how I kept her a little, but I, I just kept her equipped for, like, the last quarter of the game. I mean, it took care of just about every random encounter. There's only a few monsters that were resistant to it, and then the supporting cast would have to finish those guys off real quick. But for getting through the trash mobs, I, I, I can't tell you. It was insane. Again, I'm playing on easy, though, so that probably didn't hurt. Yeah, but, that's uh, the thing. I don't think it can one-shot enemies at higher difficulties. Because yeah, I always found the Makito spells to be useless because of the fair cost for that. Because of what? Uh, just because, you know... I mean, they're never weak to Almighty, so you can't get any of the one more turns from earns from hitting enemies with it. So it's a bit too weak to actually use in higher difficulties, especially for its high cost. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, the cost would have been pretty prohibitive because it's not uh, it's not as easy to restore magic points in dungeon as it was in Persona Three, where you just kind of escape back to the beginning and go back in, and boom, your magic points are filled. Yeah, in Persona Three, there's this kind of stamina system where people can only fight so many fights before they get tired. Persona Four doesn't use that. Instead, it relies entirely on your MP as the main form of attrition. So you know, if you, it's when you run out of MP, is when you have to stop, leave the dungeon, unless you you know pay that damn fox the ridiculous price it costs to restore your MP. Uh, I did that many times. <laughs> I could never justify the price, and that's why it t- took me several runs to beat each dungeon. Which is why I had the hardest time building up my ally social links. How much of a price are we talking? Like, um, is it a percentage of your total money, or is it a fixed thing? It I has think to do it's... with how much MP has to be restored. Like, it's not just one flat fee. It's based on like how essentially how drained you are. Yeah, it kind of like the scale kind of restoration. It's only for MP. Yeah. So you have to pay for every magic point, and so it gets more expensive as you level up. And the fox basically sometimes it just is having a bad day and wants to charge you more. <laughs> Stupid fox! But that's where you get. I think it's restore two or three or whatever, boys and girls. And your just magic points just keep coming back. It's great. Of course, yeah, it doesn't hurt that that you do get those cards sometimes that restore magic points, unlike Persona Three. Yeah, and also, like, super late in the game, like, in the final dungeon late, Rize, your support character, will actually get an ability which restores the whole party's MP a good chunk after every fight, which helps a lot. and basically means you have no longer have to worry about attrition whatsoever. Yeah. So, um, we talked about demons and fusing and strengths and weaknesses. I, I mean, guess, you know, just, well, battle systems... Well, wait, aren't, aren't, isn't each dungeon created from the dark side of somebody's mind so that they're actually kind of interesting to go through? Yeah, well, they're... The stories of them are interesting to go through. They have interesting plot scenes and kind of cool visual themes, but, okay, these are Persona dungeons. They're randomly generated. You know, taking some inspiration from a lot of the old randomized dungeon crawlers and designs. Do they I, at least There's a few more interesting different? elements to them than Persona 3 dungeons, but they're still mostly random. You're just trying to get through them as fast as possible. Eh. Yeah, they, they, it is cool, like, they, they do have different themes based off of the different imaginations. I know, like, the, there's one that's that's themed after video games, and it's got a really cool song that's still stuck into my head the, the, to this day. I won't try to hum it and scare our listeners, but um, maybe I'll find the soundtrack and stick it in right here. But it's, it's it, it, you know, when I, first, when I first did that dungeon, it's like, oh, this is so cool, this is very imaginative. It's like uh, 3D Dot Heroes, but for Persona. But yeah, once that novelty wears off, you're like, oh, it's another random, you know, randomly generated, you know, dungeon, which unfortunately, yeah, those those don't really have, uh, I mean, aside from the aesthetic part of it, uh, structural wise, they don't have a lot of personality. There's no real puzzles to solve. There's no, you know, there's no real traps or anything along those lines. Well, I mean, 
There's a couple floors on each dungeon, which is slightly different rules than normal, which is a more fixed layout, the couple, some weird thing you need to do, usually just to see a story scene. But yeah, most floors are just completely random generated. I mean, that doesn't bother me at all. I kind of like those just for the you know how, time to explore and look around a bit and fight some enemies and grab some treasure and, and get through it as, efficient, as efficiently as I can. I mean, I like that kind of gameplay, but I understand it's not to everyone's taste. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, I thought they were cool. Don't get me wrong. I just don't. They're they're not the the best RPD G dungeons. Like if you don't like random dungeons, then because you don't think they're they they have a lot of thought put into them or whatever, you find them boring. That this 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 is this is probably not going to change your mind. But yeah, uh, I mean, I they were good that, for what they were. Yeah, they're necessarily not bad, and honestly, they're not too much worse than some of the dungeons you'll find in random other RPGs. To be honest, because sometimes the non-randomized ones are just that bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's a question of whether or not there's you know we talk about you know planned out dungeons. Do they have real good thought you know put into them? Do they, yeah, are I mean, they memorable I, experiences? Sometimes I think memorable good RPG dungeons are kind of a lost art. But yeah, like I mean I I don't know. I mean I, I guess kind of get on the side. But like I I personally like like I'm playing Persona Q. Those are obvious. Those are pre-designed dungeons. You have to draw them out as you're going through them. Yeah, and, that's, and I there's, mean, that's Etrian Odyssey team. They they get a complete exception yeah. of my complaints about dungeons. Etrian Odyssey team does great dungeons. Yeah, I, I, I and, and you know I I I mean I, I wouldn't say they're super so far in Persona Q. I wouldn't say they're super mind blowing originally awesome, but I I prefer what I'm getting out of that versus Persona Four. But the combat in Persona Four get too. So we were going to talk about yeah, that. Persona Four is a good combat. So it's like. Persona 3 amped up, right? Yeah, it's definitely, you know, much faster Persona 3 because there's fewer things to disable turns. Uh, as much, at least there's more ways to recover from that and such, I think. Maybe because it's harder to stun enemies. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, it's been all too long. So, yeah, if you hit them with their weakness, they'll go down. They'll, they'll be in a prone condition, so to speak. Um, and if you can get them, but if they get their turn back, they're going to stand up on their turn. Same thing happens with your characters as well. If you're hit with a weakness, your character goes down. If you can get all the bad guys down at the same time, which can be a bit of a juggling act when they all, if you have, you know, different enemies with different weaknesses. If it's just a group of ice spirits and you hit them all with a fire spell, that's an easy, that's an easy thing. Uh, but when they're all different, that's where the fun juggling act comes in. But when you do knock them all down, you'll, you, you know, one of your characters will go and yell, hey, it's time for an all-out attack. And uh, you hit accept, and it's the funnest thing in the world. It's a big dog pile with lots of comic art. And, and then it's the giant skull-shaped mushroom cloud that rushes out. Yeah, yeah with a skull in it. Yeah, uh, that's hilarious. And I like this one, too, because uh, <laughs> uh, what's her name? The singing girl that we were just talking about, the idol chick. Rise. Uh, Rise. Yeah, Rise will show up behind you sometimes, and I don't know if she adds bonus damage or whatever. I I'm think pretty it sure does. That's Golden added that. It wasn't in the original. Uh, yeah, she'll show up behind you, and it really makes it as if it didn't already feel like a jazzed up. I mean, you just want all out attacks, if for no other reason, just to see the animation over and over again. But to have like Rise show up in the back, and she's like, I got your back! And oh, yeah, it just yeah, it makes it more awesome. So yeah, and then there's also stuff like occasionally your allies will do stuff like, oh hey, you've been knocked over, let me help you up. Oh, you're about to instantly die, let me take it for you. Um, or you know, stu- which you know helps a lot with instant death attacks when they start doing that. It mm-hmm. really does. And or there's various things like, oh hey, I'm going to launch one of my own special techniques where you know, 
Jay will just punt something into orbit. <laughs> it's the best attack. Yeah, ever. like 40 hours into the game, and occasionally one of those support attacks will just kick in randomly. Don't know exactly why, but it's always a pleasure just when it happens. It helps keep it from getting too monotonous. But yeah, Junpei, I think, came on... Or not Junpei, I'm getting my characters mixed Yosuke. up again. Yosuke would come, yeah, would come by on his motorcycle or whatever have you and... Uh, you know, run people over. I mean, it's just all kinds of funny things going uh, just out of nowhere, and they're just awesome. They just add, they just add extra magic to it. Yeah, and also this is you know, Persona Four is the first game in the franchise where where you can actually control your allies. I like Persona yeah. Three where they're always AI controlled. This one you can actually take control of them for stuff like boss fights. I mean, you know. I kind of miss it because I kind of liked dealing with the difficulty of the AI in the original in the Persona Three. I got really used to controlling them to do what I wanted, but you know, I, I understand it's a lot easier to just command them directly and makes for more difficult boss fights in the early. I, I know in I know in Golden, I believe I could still set I could put them on AI if I wanted to. Yeah, you can put them on AI. I mean, for normal battles, I always leave them on AI because it just makes things faster. But for boss battles, I switch them to manual. That's basically how I've always done it in Persona. Yeah. So. Um... Yeah, yeah, first day, yeah, oh my gosh, in Persona 3, it was like, oh my gosh, please tell me you just stand, did not just stand there and do nothing when I was really hoping you would catch your elemental weakness spell on the dude. Uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff would just tick me off, um, especially if it was a, a harder fight or, or whatnot. In Persona 4, you pretty much have no one to blame but your, yourself. Um, so, because you do have full control, which you're right, in one way gets rid of a lot of the difficulty. Uh, I've only but, played the PSP version of Persona 3, so I haven't experienced There you it. go, you haven't experienced the fun yeah. of, it was my same gripe with the original Dragon Quest 4 on the NES, because it was, yeah, you know, okay. the first four chapters, it, yeah, it, I'll you say control this, them. Persona 3 AI is better than Dragon Quest 4 AI, it's not that bad. <laughs> No, but it's just, it's, but when you're talking about a game that can be as difficult as Shin Megami Tensei at times with instant death attacks and stuff, when your party does something yeah. stupid and it kills your characters, it, it can be frustrating, especially since Persona 3's um, death punishment was a bit tougher than Persona 4's, uh, yeah. because you had to reload to save game on that one. Yay! Um, Persona and, 4, are, at least Persona 4 Golden would just start you at the beginning of the dungeon. Like, yeah, that remember. floor. I don't remember if that's you know a change from Golden or not. It's mm-hmm. been a little too long since I played Persona 4. Might have been, might not have been. I'm not sure. Well, and it's also more forgivable because as you pointed out too, the characters will sometimes take those mortal blows you know, for you. Um, I, I don't remember them helping me that much in Persona 3. I mean, I think they did, but I don't think... No, in Persona 3, they, they don't have that kind of ability yet. It's something yeah. added for 4, which sort of many little things to make them a bit more interesting in the battle system. I mean, you know, Persona 3, I liked some of those fights for, like, you know, taking on Thanatos in, in the AI controls and you know, having them do, like, perfect buffing and debuffing and healing, you know, and all without me having to be too micromanaging and such. Sometimes I just pulled, did wonders like that, but, you know, oh, yeah. sometimes it can be a pain. When it was clicking, it honestly felt like, it, in Persona 3, it honestly felt like, this is cool because I feel like I'm working with a party of other people. Like, it yeah, really that's the felt like. I loved about it. it yeah. It felt like actually working with other people rather than, you know, just controlling a bunch of video game characters. Yeah. I was clicking, but, I was you know, it does bit. make things harder. Only when they misbehave. <laughs> um, and, and that, and of course, yeah, this is for comparing and contrast. In Persona 3, the final boss was a hell of a lot harder than Persona 4. So yeah, when Persona someone made a bad mistake. Like the main line story final boss rather than the true final boss, basically a pushover. 
I mean, he doesn't have anything that's really too fancy. It's like a, it's like the Persona 3 The Journey final boss in terms of being not all that exciting. It's kind of out of nowhere. But... See, I'm a and wimp. You, you, you guys, guys... should have played on hard. Well, one of you guys is just speaking of Persona 3 Journey, whatever the hell the answer, whatever that that ex, that, that extra yeah, content yeah, was right. called. Yeah, one of you guys just gonna have to tell me just how to get through like I don't know levels one through five because I I never made it past three or four random encounters in that game. <laughs> okay, yeah, no. No, Persona 4, three. The answer is easy. You pick one team. Make sure it includes the new robot girl. Like, absolutely make sure it involves includes her. And then just use that team and forget about swapping other party members around. Thus, I used, like, Junpei, Ayukari, and Metis, I think her name is, and just abused the hell out of her Neo or Giamote to get free MVP casting spells, and just focus on that one party and went through the entire game with that. And uh, yeah, I, I had to give her a shot. I think my friend, my, my, I didn't even get to swap out party members because I, I, I tried three different attempts at the game, and and those three different attempts within, I, I died game over screen within the first five random battles. Like, it's the first time going into the dungeon. I didn't make it past five encounters because I would have characters get KO'd, like, in two hits sometimes. And it's like, holy shizballs! How am I supposed to strategize against... Yeah, the answer to that is play the Persona using turns game, making sure the enemies don't hit your weaknesses, just all of that stuff. You just, yeah. you know, play at your best, which is, you know, that's my experience with Persona 3 Portable Hard Mode. It's like I've gotten only a bit far into it and I'm, really I'm struggling to get through dungeons because it's actually really hard. Hard mode. So we talked about the battle system, we talked about the dungeons, we talked about the demons. Um... Boy, I think we kind of covered a lot. Oh, uh, graphics and uh, music. Music is amazing. Oh my gosh, so good. So good. I saw, I played the soundtrack for years and I've not gotten bored of it. I don't understand what the hell they're saying. I, I finally looked up the lyrics and they make no sense. But it's so awesome to listen to. Uh, it's just, for, just Shoji Maguro's soundtracks, they're just amazing. I, I love every bit of them. Every single bit. Like, some of the, like, some of the songs or some of the dungeons, like the Secret Base or the Acer Nanako's Heaven Worlds, are just just awesome. And then there's like the, the theme for the shadows, which is so intimidating and cool. And, uh, I, the ending themes are just spectacular. I I could just rant on how much I love the soundtrack forever. No, oh yeah, and when you get a surprise attack on the enemy, it kicks in with the with the vocals. Reaching out for the truth and stuff. You're like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. pumped. Let's kick some ass. So that's going to get stuff. As for graphics, they're serviceable. I mean, nothing to complain about back then, PS2. But, you know, it's a PS2 RPG, which is not some spectacular budgeted Final Fantasy experience. So, you know, set your expectations there. It, you know, it, it works. It's nothing too great. But I've got no particular complaints. It doesn't try to do too much with the hardware, which I think uh, is when games tend to not age too well. The uh, the the yeah the you're right. Like if you compare if you compare this with let's say Final Fantasy twelve, which was you know also on that hardware, right? I mean, no contest. Yep. I mean, Final Fantasy twelve just looks twenty times better. It, it seems to me that they put their focus here on the story of the characters, and that really really paid off because. You know, I like 12, but I really, at the end of the day, you know, I don't have strong feelings about the characters, whereas here, I, mean, I do. 
Yeah, I mean, this is a game where, you know, like, Final Fantasy XII, I mean, if you remember, listen to my voice, my feelings on it back when we did cover that in the backtrack, you know, I did not like that game. And, like, pretty graphics aside, it's not a good game. But this is a game which, you know, it puts gameplay and story out of graphics and is so much better as a result. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh... So, so a little critiquing. So, so my so let's talk a little bit more. So, kind of at the end, we've we've talked about all the different elements. Now, our our feelings on it or whatnot. Let me guess. You guys totally love it, right? Yes, it is. As I said, this is one of the top five RPGs ever made. I I find it hard to critique the game without just sounding like I'm nitpicking it. To be honest. Yeah, it's like you know I could complain a little bit here and there, but they're so minor in the grand scheme of things. So I felt I felt like the so I played the three and four almost at the same time. Uh, three first, and I got three finished first. But at the same time, I had already started four, and I got four finishes like a month later. So I really got to play them side by side, uh, in a manner of speaking. And you could definitely see like on the social links, the combat. You could definitely see the improvement. There's more. There's definitely a lot more meat. Uh, on Persona uh, Persona 4. I also felt like, uh, you know, when it was running on all the cylinders, the pacing in Persona 4 was better. But the bookends of it, the beginning and the ending, for me, like, the beginning took way too long. Like, it took two hours, I think, before you finally got into a dungeon. Which, granted, Persona games are a slow burn anyways. But that setup time, okay. All right, finally got that going. And then the, the ending. So you go through, you know, that sequence of... of of getting up to Buckethead and finding him as the culprit, which I had to answer those questions right because if you answer them wrong, you go straight to the bad ending, I believe. Yep. Um, I had answered them. I had answered them right, but then I figured out I did something wrong, so I reloaded back because you know to try to get the good ending or whatever, and I reloaded back to. I had to reload back to where I was first, you know, questioning him again at the hospital. And for the life of me, I couldn't get those answers right again. Like, I got them right the first time. I couldn't get them right again. So that was kind of frustrating because I kept getting bad ending, bad ending, bad ending. And every time you do it, it's like a 20 minute. Because even on fast forward, the cutscenes from the save point to where you're actually asking them those questions, uh, they're pretty substantial. So even on fast forward, it takes a few minutes. So, all right, finally got through, finally just Googled the, the crap out of it. Okay, finally got back out of those questions and whatnot. Now, from. From the from the time, so you, you question him, and I think you go through another dungeon or whatever have you, and you you confront him and whatever, and then you go through like what I think it was ended up being like six or seven or eight game weeks before the end, before your character's ready to leave, and you get the ending, and you got this opportunity to talk to people, and there's a lot of people you can talk to because the even though the town's small, it's got plenty of NPCs to chat with and stuff, and I couldn't figure out what the game was expecting of me. Um, and it spent a lot of time just day after day after day working on social links. There's not a whole lot else you can do. You can jump back into one of the old dungeons, but there doesn't seem to be a point to that. It felt like I kept asking myself, is the game over? Or isn't it? Is there, is there going to be another, wait a minute, there's still one more clue we didn't look into. Where's the real murderer? And I kept scratching my head going, what is the game expecting of me? Okay, well, let's go through another day. Let's, let's go to sleep. Let's push the day forward again. And Persona 3, it happened pretty quick. And Persona 3, you, you fight that big boss. Uh, you have one more day to talk to everybody uh, and get everything out on the table, and then you go to the the ending. And I can't remember if there's two endings on that one or not. But the, the but the time period in between those two things is like only one day in the game. It only takes you an hour or two um, at most. 
And this one, it's literally six, seven, eight game weeks. So it's a lot of game time just yeah, to well, find out I screwed I mean, up somewhere way back over here. When I finally broke down and go, I felt like I was missing something. I got this ending. It was kind of a good ending, but you definitely felt like it wasn't the right ending. It wasn't the full ending. So that's where I go back. I look at an FIQ. I'm like, mother beatballs. I have to go all the way back to this point, do X, Y, Z, jump through all these hoops all over again. And it's like, oh, screw this shiz. I'm going to look this up on YouTube. <laughs> and that's I where don't I... recall exactly what you're talking about, to say. I mean, I mean, I'm not sure if it's something that's changed for Golden. I mean, I know there's a certain period of time which they allot for you to run through things on the yeah. things before you have to fight the final boss. You know, you kind of get to choose when to go, how, when, how fast you go through dungeons in the game, and I kind of deliberately took it as slow as I could for the final battle. But Yeah, I, I don't really remember that. I remember the Standard ending I mean, being fine anyway. Yeah, the standard ending yeah. is a little um, bit, like a touch bittersweet, but... Un- unlike the ending, ending to 3, which was terrible. It was, yeah. no, he just went no, to 3 has an no, amazing finale. I will agree that Persona 3 has a much stronger beginning and ending because it's got such strong thematic elements and it sets its own story up so well and it's such a powerful emotional climax, a bittersweet climax at the end. Persona now, 4 it, the whole way through about... is a lot more laid back and so it, it doesn't hit quite those immense strengths but it's far more consistent in the middle strip. Like, way more. Are you talking about the... Default ending or the hidden ending of Persona Three? I I don't know the one. <laughs> spoilers: the one where your 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 character dies for no apparent reason. Oh no, that's set up so well in Persona no, Three. I, like, I disagree. It, from the very first scene, it's obvious it's going to happen, so there's no point in worrying about it after that point. I, so, I, I don't. I just I don't think like, they pulled pull I mean, that off. Sad. It's sad. It's miserable. It's, but it's, it's worse it's until sad. the story. It's sad for no reason. I don't. I don't think there's any reason to have done that at all. There's. I don't think there's any emotional payoff for it at all. It's just. It just did not work for me. I, um, we'll have to disagree. Here I honestly it. wish I had beat that final boss, which was awesome, and then turned the game off and not reopened it. I would have been more satisfied that way. Uh, so, so I, I almost, I, I, so looking, going back to Persona 4 for a second here, I have, just in case I was a little insane or something, because I know sometimes I miss some obvious shit that I should have picked up on and I didn't, and that it always pisses me off anyways, but there's sometimes where I'll go back and read an FAQ and go, okay, I was pissed off at the game, (laughs) but I really should have done X, Y, Z. I can only blame myself for that. But looking at the steps to get the... The And this guy even says it. He says, it, it really is something else. How much content is locked away if you don't do these steps? So step one, you have to max out social links, whatever. Step two, complete the, the hollow forest. Step number three, do not get the regular ending. And I'm not even reading all the details in each paragraph. I just want to get you guys through the steps. Number four, search for the truth. You have to make sure after you're done, talk to everybody. You got to go back to Junis and you have to answer certain questions a certain way while you're there. Step number five, you got to go to the Velvet Rune twice. Uh, you got to speak to a, a woman. Then there's the secret boss fight. And then you got to do another search. And now you get to enjoy 
the extended ending. And his final comments are, seriously, it's mind-blowing how much amazing content has been hidden away at the end of Persona 4. You so, know, honestly, I don't even know what you're talking about I, here. I yeah, I've ever seen this myself. So. I don't remember have to, having to do any I mean, of those steps. Yeah, I mostly remember that there's a normal ending where in the middle of it, if you do go to the Juna, the secret point where you're giving some freedom, you get to go to the true final battles and fight the true final boss. That's where most of it is. I don't think that there's too many other special requirements to that for the main true ending. I mean, if there's some hidden stuff beyond that, I've never heard of it, actually. I might yeah. have to go look for well, it. But... All I remember is, oh, hey, the guy at the gas station. That's it's The person at the gas station is actually the person responsible for everything. Yeah. Which, if yeah. you restart the game after starting again, it's so blatantly obvious. But yeah. the first, when you first play through it, it feels like a plot thread that might be picked up later. But the game is so long, you kind of begin to forget how strange it seemed at the start. But... Yeah, so I'll, I'll try. I mean, I'll load up because I still got my Persona 4 save game and I saved it before. I say, thankfully saved it right before the hospital scene. And then, of course, I've saved it in January just trying to figure out what the game expects of me. And I felt like I've talked to everybody a bunch of times. I may have missed out on either. I went to Juna's and I asked, the, I didn't answer the questions right, so it never activated. Um, but I'll just, you know, you guys can see the link right here. Maybe we'll put yeah. this in the comments. And maybe I'm just, like I said, sometimes I miss some of the obvious stuff, but I really felt like it was, number one, tucked away. And 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 what I what got me frustrated is now that I know the steps or I got this FAQ, it's probably something that isn't that hard. But it was like I because the, the the little town has so many different people to talk to. I can't tell you how much time I burned just talking to everybody over and over again, trying to figure out what am I missing here. I just felt like yeah, you're right. The ending is kind of okay. It's it's uh, the original ending. Like Mike Mike Lapp says, it's kind of okay. I just felt like it didn't really. I don't know. I just felt like the pacing was really off compared to like when three was done, it was done. When you hit December and you had to make that final choice and then you had that one month, you know, after talking to that kid or whatever have you. And they're like, okay, this is it. This is your final month. Get your, sh- you know, shit in gear yeah, because I this mean, stuff is going down. One thing that Persona, th- the main consequence of this, I think, is the fact that Persona 3 has much more forced event- battle events on particular times of the game days, like, you know, the full moon battle events and such. Persona 4 has- doesn't really have those, so it changes the pacing rather dramatically, which, you know, can sometimes create these weird lull periods where you've cleared the dungeon and you're just waiting for that chapter to kind of. All the time that lot for that chapter to end, which I think that's one of the few criticisms. But again, I, I also think this is kind of a minor criticism. So, so now, Persona, let's talk about Persona Four Golden. Did either one of you play Golden? Yes, so, I have. I have not played it. I'm sorry. I, I'll have to bow out here because yeah, I don't know what going to be talking about. I so play Golden on hard. S- slight. I have, I have to keep throwing that in there. I on hard. Slight, slight spoiler here. Not super spoiler. It's kind of an FAQ thing if you want to get you know better endings or whatnot. But uh, Mr. Apps, are you are you familiar with um, what was her name? Marie. Marie. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and so here's this is one of those. You're right. It's kind of maybe a small criticism or whatnot. But one of the things that made me a little cranky when I read, when, after I beat the game, went back and read the FAQs on her. So when you get into December. Uh. Uh, yeah, you know where I'm going with this, yeah, right? Yeah, I know already where you're going with that. Yeah. So, so you, Marie's one, the char- one of the characters from the, the Velvet Room, and she's a pretty cool character. And it's kind of cool. I was very invested in figuring out what was happening, you know, um, you know what was what was happening with her. But it was clear you kind of hit a wall until a certain event happened in the game. So that event happens, and, they, and, and the game even kind of tells you, hey, you're going to be able to see Marie more often now. You know, as if, hint, hint, 
you better hurry up with those social links. But then at the same time, the storyline kicks into high gear and it's like, oh, we've got to figure out what's going on with the bad guy. We got the city's dying. You, you better, you better get into the TV and figure this thing out. And because people are dying, people are getting sick. And Naoko, whatever the nephew, niece, girl, whatever, she's she's in the hospital. And and oh boy, time is ticking away. And I'm just like, oh shizballs. And and of course, the way I've been playing the game is every time a new month would start, anyways, I would go and just knock out the dungeon, you know, ASAP, anyways. So all of this was like, okay, I better get in there and do that. What happens is when you knock out that dungeon too quick and it's at the beginning of December, the game immediately forwards you to like Christmas, just about. Um, the the, the storyline just zips. It just zips fast forward you forward and you get you lose all of those days to make social links or whatever have you, including, more importantly, being able to max out Marie. So, but if you, if you go against the flow of the story and you're like, yeah, I'm glad my niece is dying. I'm glad you people keep getting sick and you keep complaining about the fog, but I'm going to chill and build up my social links with my homies. That's how you get the true ending, which is counterintuitive to what the story is pushing you to. Am I wrong? Are you talking about getting like that extra dungeon for Marie? So you can like, it's not really a true ending. It's the goal. That is for the golden ending. I don't know what the the golden ending's a waste of time. <laughs> no, no, you got to get the you yeah. got to get the golden ending. No, no, I think I was. No, I, I don't. don't know. I don't know what the gold. No, to be honest, I don't know what the the uh, there's the epilogue golden ending really is either, Mike. But what made me a little cranky was I actually cared about her as a character, and I had no idea because I don't play my games reading facts. I don't want to be spoiled, and I didn't have to with Persona Three at all. So. I, I just felt like, oh, I never got to, I, I never got to know her. Man, suddenly the game's in high gear. Holy, and, and then, and then when you get to January, where the game, after you, you know, so the game fast forwards to January, and now you got all the time in the world to max out social links again, because you got nothing else going on until March when your character moves away. Um, uh, but Marie leaves. So you really don't get any other opportunity to, to, to max out her social link and find out what the hell's going on with her and her memory or anything else. So you, unless so you, you never, go against the grain. You never did the whole extra dungeon for her? Well, because I got fast-forwarded to to January, and what happened was when I got to January, I was like, I had no idea. It's just that she walked away, and I'm like, well, what did I do wrong? Did I? It could have been something I said to her way back when. I don't know without looking at a fact. I, and I didn't understand that when you do that dungeon, automatically fast-forward. I mean, I saw it all of a sudden fast-forward. I didn't connect the dots right away and just say oh let me go back and redo that real quick so i'm just like i'm just i'm just going with the flow of the game so i'm like okay let's go through january and and maybe i'll get an ending and then i'll go back and do it real quick but the problem was with january as you know january it does it day by day by day by day by day through january and february so you're literally talking hours of gameplay time yeah that i invest back in so it wasn't just an easy matter of going way back to december at that point I just didn't realize. I didn't connect those dots. I'm kind of stupid that way. But I just, after going back and reading the FAQ, I was like, oh, wow. So whereas I don't feel like in Persona 3 that the game was pushing you away from the better endings or anything like that, I felt like this game was actively, in a couple different ways, kind of leading me away or hiding it. Whereas in Persona 3, it was pretty much, do you want to kill the guy? You don't. It's a pretty obvious morality choice, black and white. Well, obvious the way Phil likes it. Whereas in Persona Four, I felt like you had to really hunt or read a fact or something. Well, I mean, with as far as Marie goes, it's an extra character they basically forcibly inserted into the game. So, in some respects, it's a little awkward. Which I didn't know. Uh, I like, like I, for me, I, could, I just played Persona Four Golden. I didn't know if she was added or not. I think someone warned me ahead of time to max out that social link so that I could get her specific dungeon. It's a cool yeah. dungeon. Um, but yeah, uh, 
I could I could certainly see being frustrated with missing that, be, but uh, I I mean, just, uh, I'm not really gonna. The core game is so good. I'm not really gonna knock them for added stuff in the, the golden version because well, I, I, wouldn't, I, I, wouldn't. I she's I don't think she's really an important character to the whole story. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I mean, to me, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just to me those relationships were the story. Those were the more awesome <laughs> yeah, that's part true. of the whole thing. That's true. And so, not finding out what happened to her and finding out later, I was kind of led away from it. You're right. I'm not saying it made me walk away like, oh, this is a horrible RPG or this is just an average yeah. RPG. It clearly is. It clearly is. You know, it is somewhere between a four and a five. Your mileage may vary depending on your personal taste, but it's it, it at the very least it's a four four out of five. It's it's definitely an excellent game. It was just it was just that left. It was just as I get older, I I this feels personal preference. I love games that respect my time. Yeah. I love games that respect the fact that I have a life. So things that purposely waste hours and hours and hours or force me to go read FAQs to get it right the first time or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It just left a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. It wasn't huge. You're right. At the no. end of the day, I'm probably nitpicking, but no, no, I don't think you're nitpicking that much. I think they could have definitely could have done a better job of integrating her story into the game. Um, like I don't, you know, I understand like the whole the whole like final final dungeon. You know, I think it's okay to kind of obscure that a little bit, but I think her dungeon it should have been much clearer and you know not kind of made it easy to miss. Especially since, especially because it's because it is added content, and you know, presumably you want people coming back to the game to you know delve into that uh, extra content. So I don't know if they just thought, hey, you know, all the people coming back to this game are naturally going to max out her social link because it's new. Um, maybe not necessarily res- thinking about new people playing the game, but you know, I don't know. But yeah, I, I definitely think they could have done a better job. With her, yeah, it's just, her story. It, was, it was a little weird there. I think I was more concerned. I think I was a little more like upset about the the whole real ending thing and trying to wrap my head around that. And I just kind of gave up. Yeah, I don't. Um, I haven't. It's been a while, but I don't think the real quote unquote ending was all that different from uh, the uh, normal ending. I, I, it's got just got like an epilogue where you see. Uh, kind of the main character going back and visiting everyone. So you kind of get like a look at, you know, all the characters uh, a little later on, which was nice, which is a nice touch. But I mean, other than that, it's, it was really pretty much the same as the regular ending. Yeah. So it is really tough for me. Like if you ask me which one I liked more persona three or persona four, it's, it's for me, it's, it's almost a toss up because four definitely brings some more strengths, but I felt like three respected my time more and was a tighter experience. Like when I walked away three for me, finished right when it was getting old, right? When it was like, ah, this is, ah, that was, that was good. I, I had a couple of tears at the end. Yeah. I, I agree with you that the ending of the ending kind of is stupid, whatever, but, um, the journey was worth it and it wrapped up at a good time frame. Whereas except for the, you know, with persona three, it felt like they wasted more of your time throughout the whole thing because they didn't have the shortcuts persona four had for getting around town. Did you like running all over the town over and over and over again? I kind of did, honestly. Uh, I mean, I talked to everyone all the time anyway, so I didn't really take advantage yeah, of Yeah, you needed to. Uh, in a way, it it almost felt like the developers had a hard time letting go of these characters as much as I did at the end of the game. Like, I wanted more. I wanted more of these characters. And you can with Persona Q and Persona yeah, 4 but... Arena. <laughs> The story continues Wait. in Four Arena and Ultimax. <laughs> Wait, isn't there a Persona Four Dance All Night, something like that? Yeah, there's yeah. also a dancing game. There's a yeah. dancing game, but I think uh, I think Four Arena, Four Arena, Arena Four, and Four Ultimax is like canon. 
Like it officially yeah, continues those, the story. Those actually have a story. I spent all my time with those games just annoying people playing as Teddy online. <laughs> playing as Teddy online. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing right now. I'm currently playing Persona uh, Q and Persona 4 Arena as my I'm actually playing Persona 4 Arena as I exercise. Nice. As I mentioned before, I'll, I was playing Persona 3 while I was on the step aerobic machine and just going up and down on steps. And uh, because turn-based RPG, especially, you know, with Persona 3, the computer's controlling most of the characters, I don't have to really worry about the controller too much. I just press X once in a while. Um, I thought Persona 4 Arena might be a little too much being a fighting game, but there's so much story in there, so much text, that I just have to stop once every 10 minutes to do a quick 30-second fight, and then I just get right back on it, so... Uh, it works out really good on on Persona uh, 4 Arena. Lots of story, boys and girls. Teddy Holy has, has an attack balls. where he says "very poisonous." Oh, do we? Did, did, I, I might have spaced out for a second. When we were talking about Teddy, did we mention there, there was a person inside the teddy bear? Right? He grew yes. a person inside yes. the teddy bear. Okay. All right. All right. I just made yes, sure he that's grew a person because re- the first time they opened him, he's empty. If you recall. Oh, right. Which is a little weird. <laughs> Which is a little weird. Yeah, he's got those blue eyes and the red rose on all the time and stuff. Yeah. All righty. Phil, have you well, have you seen the Persona 4 anime? Uh, just little bits and pieces on YouTube. Is there like a place where you can actually watch it officially or buy the I whole thing or anything? Maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I have the Blu-ray. It was there at one point. So so there's there's Blu-rays you can buy this. Yes. Is it is it is it dubbed or is it? It's dubbed. There's a second anime, Persona Four Golden, which is not dubbed, but the original one is dubbed and has has more bear puns. All right, I'm gonna Google that shit. Yeah, they, they, they did a splendid job. I've only watched a few episodes, but they did a pretty good job of doing stuff like making the main character's personality just like this is what his should be for these yeah, games. He's he's hilarious. Uh, yeah, but, it's stuff like you know, oh, whoops! I'm like, accidentally whacking Yosuke in, in the battle against Shadow Yosuke, in saying, "Oh, whoops! I, I got you too mixed up," and stuff like that. Oh, here we go. Persona for the Animation Collection One and Collection Two, uh, thirty dollars each, roughly. I think they have. Um, I think they have a collection of uh, the whole thing. Collection anime collection one and two Persona Four Volume Two Persona Four. Let's see if I can find uh, uh, the there's. Well, that one looks like it's in French. I don't want that. But uh, I don't know. Then you can learn all the bear puns in French. I know, right? Yes, you too can speak uh, berries. Um, but anywho's, uh, so uh, maybe I'll find it on half.com too because we like to find things. Anywho, but yeah, there's so much. The co- I mean, Persona Three and Persona Four were such huge uh, ph- phenomenon. Uh, I know that on just hopping around YouTube one day and looking up for the soundtrack, I found that they had done they had this whole stage act to the music and everything where they were acting out scenes from the game and there was a huge audience watching like a play or something. And the way they did out the battles was very imaginative using, you know, shadows up against the wall uh, and showing you like some sort of animation when they were summoning their personas to fight. Uh, it was really interesting. Totally Japanese. I mean, totally Japanese. And of course, they got the concerts. One thing, the cool things about Persona 4 Golden is they got a lot of videos inside the game itself that you can access and you can watch concerts of Persona 3 and 4 uh, that were held around Japan. So that's really cool. A lot of additional material, sketches, artwork, uh, in the such on Persona 4 Golden. And and by the way, speaking of graphics, 
on the if you got the OLED Vita, the one of the early generation ones, the game looks absolutely f- phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The colors are so bright. The con- especially the introduction. Like I just showed the introduction to people where they have the yellows and the bright reds and the fluorescent colors flying around, and everyone's jaw just drops. I mean, it really shows off the Vita screen really well, and and you know, yeah, the the deco and the art uh, direction in Persona Four Golden is just. It's just really, really good. They did a really great job of transferring that to uh, the, the the small screen. So beautiful. It brings a tear to my eye. And that's one of the things I love about the Persona 4 games too. Like when you walk in every store, everything is so stylized. The menus are so stylized. The characters are, everything's just, just pops as far as the art direction goes. Not from a technical level. It does, I think it does look pretty decent on Vita, but I think it's just because it's shrunk. Yeah. Shrinking. But yeah, now yeah, you guys have just pointed out another piece. They got the animation. Which uh, the spinoff animation? Not, I mean, how many video games get their full blown? You, you'll get video games based off of animation, but how many times do you get animation based off of video games? Ha! Huh? You know, surprisingly often, actually, but more for you know younger audience games. But you know, what's, yeah. what's really nice about the anime is you know obviously it's the same like main story, but there's like a lot of little small stories that weren't in the game, so you get kind of the characters in some different situations. It was really fun. Should I go back and try to watch the anime based on Street Fighter? Um, <laughs> I like the one. Some are okay. Some are pretty bad. Some are, like there's at least one Street Fighter anime which is a better plot than the video game. Like a, a plot Wait. that makes sense in the video game, but it's just better than the video game plot. I don't believe you. Better than the video game plot? How can that be? There are a bunch of guys I mean, beating the crap out of each other. That's your plot. <laughs> well, this is gives a justification for it. It's Ryu and Ken on, an, on their martial arts journey to beat up people. It's like the anime. It's an, it's acceptable and better than, oh, hey, we must fight Shadowloo. <laughs> All you had to do was say it's better than the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. <laughs> this is truth. Everything is better than that. Um, yeah, so so check it out. And yeah, gosh, dang it. Uh, Persona 4 had all the spinoffs. Dancing all night and everything else. And by the way, my wife, as a side, my wife loves Persona 4 Dancing All Night. Oh, and uh, Arena is a fantastic fighting game. Highly recommend. Yeah, I don't really care a whole lot myself for fighting <laughs> games, but I like, I'm getting through this. The story is kind of a neat addition. And, uh, and, and I played Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and stuff. And I usually just playing to get through the story which has been non-existent in a lot of them but um but this one if you're one of those people who's like eh, these fighting games these days they don't have enough story um play this and then if you still want more go play infamous because that one had a pretty cool story too so superman turns evil short for um you mean injustice uh, oh injustice yeah, yeah, sorry say, something different infamous yeah. injustice I, I, I won't necessarily <laughs> say anything good about the story of infamous uh yeah injustice injustice i like that i like that story because i never read the comic so um, that comic series. That was a pretty good story. Anywho, for a fighting game, especially. So, anyways, go check it out. Persona. Pers- I would say if you're gonna play, if you can play Persona Four Golden, it, it's totally awesome. Um, Persona Four. Persona. And yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, we're gonna take a break, and we'll come right back to wrap this up with some finalists.
are back. This is the final app where we your comments and we tell you what's going on with us and all kinds of kitchen sink stuff. Next episode, RPG Backtrack number 174, Make My Lancer Grow. We'll talk about Grow Lancer Generations. So you want to be here for that in a couple of weeks. And, uh, oh boy, I noticed that, you know, in the blast in the recent uh, past uh, comments on that one, uh, one of the games listed as possible opportunities for discussion is Conception 2, Children of the Seven <laughs> Stars. How fitting, since we'll be recording that on February the 14th. Yeah. <laughs> So that's how that conception was, happens. Yeah. That was serendipitous. I really didn't plan it that way. Uh, you know, I, I think apps, uh, looking at the blast from the recent past for this one, we, we really didn't do a separate segment. I guess we could have, but, um, I, you know, for this week, uh, two years ago, Wasteland 2, um, and I haven't played that one, but I will throw it, I will toss in there that I have a friend who plays that game nonstop and loves it to death. So. It's moved up on my bucket list just because he keeps bragging about it. Oh, wait, there is one on here that we know Mr. Apps has strong feelings about. Mm-hmm. Natural, Natural Doctrine. Doctrine. Natural Doctrine, which, uh, which I've heard some people say it's even better than Persona 4. What? <laughs> I think you might be inventing this person. No one uh, that. that They may or may not have had a whole bottle of whiskey before saying that. Wasn't it you? I think it was you. I remember you being very enthused about it, Mr. You Apps. like Natural Doctrine. Yes. You loved it. Did you beat it? I platinumed it. You plat? Holy shit! See, I told you he liked it more than Persona 4. He didn't get the true golden ending in Persona 4, but dang it, he platinumed Natural Doctrine. I mean, it's a lot harder to get a platinum in Persona 4. <laughs> I mean, uh, and, and who and who went and platinum it when you got great art like this, Mr. Minky, especially the girl on the left there. I know you'll appreciate that. Let's see here. I see a gigantic hairdo on the right. <laughs> Man, her her scalp must feel really bad. Think of all the weight of that hair pulling on it all the time. Miss, she must have very strong neck muscles. And let's see, girl on the left. Uh, she barely has a nose. She... <laughs> <laughs> she must get a lot of drafts on, around her upper thighs. That's a very short skirt. I'm pretty sure that's not workplace appropriate. And, and is that our hero? He, wow, he looks like he just wandered out of a fire emblem. Yeah. Blue hair and everything. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bog standard art. Uh, so, anywho, not, uh, what, what do you want to say about Nocturnal Doctor, Mr. Apps? Uh, it's a pretty interesting uh, strategy game that involves turn manipulation. And kind of getting the maximum number of bonus turns as possible. This is quite appropriate for Persona, so the developer mm-hmm. Persona game. Yeah. And um, it's interesting because if any of your characters die, except for a string of final battles, uh, you get a game over. So, so you know, Fire Emblem, the way I play. Well, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the way uh, I play it, too. The way I play when I have Permadeath on, yes. Same way. Uh, but it's it's interesting because it kind of forces you to play a bit differently than you might in this kind of game. You you can't just like even on easy just aggressively charge in and take everything out. You have to uh, carefully go through. It makes this a little easier as you have like a some sort of magical golem or other kind of construct thing that works like a wall for you to hide behind. So kind of move him around and uh, uh, you know. 
play carefully, keep everyone alive, maximize your bonus turns so you can get lots of actions and, you know, make sure you clear out anything dangerous. Uh, so it's just a really interesting and fun game to me, especially because uh, it had multiplayer, uh, which I played a lot of while there were still people playing it. And <laughs> because I got had got the game for review before release, I kind of... Uh, was a lot better than anyone playing. <laughs> Did that allow you to inflate your win record? Oh yes. Uh, like the so there's there's a skill um, that kind of resets all the turns for your characters. So if you know how to use that right, i.e., you've kind of gone through gone through everyone's turn except the person with that skill and activated tons of bonus turns. You do that, activate the skill, and then you can basically do the, that whole thing all over again, like while your opponent's doing nothing. So basically you move your characters a bunch of times, completely destroy them, and yeah. Um, Sounds brutally effective. Yeah. I believe for the Platinum I needed 100 multiplayer wins, which also included, uh, you can do like co-op missions, but I'm pretty sure uh, I got at least 80-something wins just doing like uh, versus mode. It was fun. Yeah. Just... uh, and uh, no one else liked it, so... No one else liked it! <laughs> I I'll, I'll give it a, tr- a chance someday, I promise. <laughs> Let me think. Was it Glenn who was uh, staunchly debating your stance on it, or was it Mr. P- or was it Max Storm? It's Glenn. But I don't know how much of it he actually ended up playing. Neither do I. Yeah, Only so... he knows for sure. <laughs> yeah, so... So that's, uh, let's see here. Uh, Tears to Tierra 2, Heir of the Overlord. Didn't you also have opinions on that one? I have have to go. Yeah, what? I have to go. Okay, all right, take care. Good night. (laughs) No, no, I'll talk about it. Oh. (laughs) Uh, I thought he really had me there. (laughs) (laughs) That was... I I think we're happy that Alex is not on here to... Uh, yeah. this with you. That yeah. that that was very good. You had me there. <laughs> that was a uh, that was a pair of a debate. Tears to TR two. The number two is significant in that title because the game is basically two completely separate things with only marginal relations to each other. Yeah, uh, visual novel and the tactical RPG both. Yeah. Very long visual novel segments I'll give it. Yes. And uh, then, uh, you know, somewhat straightforward Fire Emblemish tactical RPG battles, which are kind of short, but not all that interesting, but not terrible either. But you don't get many of them because you're spending tons of time in its visual novel segments. I f- actually found them really fun and interesting. Um, yeah, like, the, well, the, which, the battles the visual novel segments. Yeah, uh, the, the battle system. Yeah, okay. I've I haven't played too much time in the game. I have it, but I haven't played too much time. And I believe you sent me a review copy. I believe. I think so. so yeah. Uh, and, actually, no. I had a I had a download review copy. Okay, so someone sent me the review copy. Let you. me play. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it, this battle system's kind of slow to get going, which means it takes forever to get going, given the visual novel segments. Yeah, but the visual novel segments are so fun, if you know, very long-winded. I, yeah, that's that was the problem for me. They were just too long-winded. Like, I couldn't get invested in any of the characters, or really anything, because it just, like, uh, literally on several occasions put me to sleep. It, it's just, yeah, I was just completely bored with those segments. 
And the, really the bigger problem for me was kind of the weird disconnect between the two as well. Like there would be times where they just throw in a battle, not for like any story reason, just because I guess it was time for a battle. And, you know, often, oftentimes there'd be like scenes of like, like battle stuff happening after you just had a battle where it's like, okay, why didn't you have this like happening during that battle to give more impact to what you're actually doing in this battle. Uh, and it, it was really a frustrating game to me because, you know, there's a lot of likable characters. The overall story arc is interesting. It just just did not hit the mark for me. It's just sad. Yeah. Uh, it brings I mean, you to st- tears. Yes. <laughs> but not to I mean, a tiara. <laughs> sorry, that was bad. That was, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I mean, this is a game I, I really kind of wish I needed to give it more of a chance to since I've only gotten a bit, a little bit into it. Just The story's really beginning. But yeah, yeah it's very long cutscenes. It's kind of like investment in trying to sit down and play the game. And the battles are kind of few and far in between in comparison to these cutscenes. Uh, but well, it's it, charming. It, it, it really is. It, it increases the number of battles uh, as it goes in. Like, I remember the first, like, the prologue before even chapter one. Uh, they have like some weird opening intro battle, and then it was like four hours of visual novel scenes, and then another battle, and then finally chapter one, where you get like a an actual world map, and there's more battles and a lot more interaction there. And the game really picked up for me from there. But you know, just the visual novel segments uh, just broke a lot of points in the game. Just you know, not just the length. The length of the scenes isn't necessarily wasn't necessarily the issue for me. It was just like the lack of depth. Yeah, I could say they kind of meander a bit. Is exactly, exactly. So I think um, you know I don't want to make assumptions about anyone that played this game. I think if you are more used to visual novels, which I'm not, you can. That's probably less of an issue for a lot of other people. Yeah, you can't really be used to just can't even be used to just sitting there listening to a story as yeah. it goes through without much interaction with it. It is really like reading a novel. You, you don't really control it; you observe it. And so yeah, it has a different mindset. For me, it just I wanted more to be happening during those segments, and you know, it was just like kind of a lot of long-winded, like stretch stretching every point as long as possible. So but, you know, I, I it's not something like uh, a certain other PS3 uh, title that you know I wanted to hurl into a fire after I finished it. You know, I wanted to like this game. I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, really come off with a better feeling at the end than I did. Um, Is so the one I, that you're referring to? It does it have the initials MS? Yes, yes, it does. And uh, it's and it's less pleasant than multiple sclerosis. <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah, I, I came off this this game. You know, I wouldn't dis- completely dissuade anyone from playing, especially since I really like the battle segments. Uh, I would encourage a lot of people to just give it a try and see if it's I your mean, kind of thing. It just—I mean, the it, plot of this game is basically you are fantasy Hannibal invading fantasy Rome. Like it's literally much, yeah. a world map of starting in <laughs> Spain, and you're part of the Barca family, and, so, and you have elephants and everything. But it, it's got that going for it. Yeah. But it, you know, it's pretty. It was it's, the whole story idea is it's cool. I, I just really wish the final product was uh, better than I found it to be. But you know, like I said, I certainly wouldn't dissuade anyone from giving it a try. Um, yeah, this is, I think, very much a matter of taste. Like how much you you know really want to get involved in a visual novel because that's what this is more than it is an RPG. It's a visual novel. Sure, but you know, I think the thing of it is. Um, 
you know, I don't want to say necessarily it's a bad visual novel, but okay, I'm going to say it. it's it, to me it was a bad visual novel. Like I, 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 I needed That's those. Fair. Yeah, and those sequences needed to be better. And I just, like I said, the whole thing doesn't. The the two parts don't mesh well together. And I really wish they had, because like, because it could have been like absolutely a fantastic game. And uh, say lovey. Could have been magic, wasn't there? A, wasn't there another game on the PS3 or 4 that you were recommending to me, like a turn-based kind of dungeony crawler like that? Huh. Um, I don't know. I remember having a conversation guided, with guided you. Fate Paradox. That might. That was it. Yeah, that's what this is reminding me of for some odd reason. I, I don't know why. Well, the story sequences in that game are nearly anywhere in the realm of the length of those in Tears TR2, but. Yeah, Dread of Fate Paradox is like a really kind of. Like, this film is very abbreviated in storytelling. The Tears of TR two is it's uh, like the Iliad and the Odyssey in comparison. Yeah, <laughs> hmm. it's uh, like the Great Expectations of visual novels. And then, and, and then to keep this kind of paid uh, by the word. Yeah, pay by the word. Uh, to keep the to keep this uh, going uh, somewhat quickly, uh, the last game on the list here is another one Mr. Apps is familiar with, Hyper Dimension, Neptunia, Rebirth, Two Sisters, Generation. I can't believe I just said that all in one breath. This time is getting a little long. Uh, yeah. yeah another, and they just get longer from they there. They just get longer. Another high-end, critically acclaimed RPG from the the boys and girls at uh, Idea Factory, right? I was shocked to enjoy this game a good amount. <laughs> Get out! Uh, no, it's true. Uh, I, my, I think I gave it a 3 out of 5. Mike, can you go take his temperature for me? I think you need um, a, yeah, but, there's, yeah. a, there's a sickness going around. There Are you sure is. you're yeah. okay? Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Maybe I'm just Maybe I'm just a sucker for um, Sega systems portrayed as anime girls. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, how long should we hold out for the next Hyperdimension Neptunia to put the 32X in as a Sega girl? Uh, have they not? I, don't I, I so. lost track. I lost track. I, I read a wiki on it once, and it I, was too much. I need to look at uh, that the um, Hyperdimension and Sega Hard Girls one. Maybe that one has a 32X in it. Yeah. Yeah, what what, uh, what would what would her dimensions be? All thirty-two? <laughs> oh uh, easy there, Mr. GP. Easy. See, yeah, that... I shouldn't have said it, but that's the kind of thing that would probably pop up. I'm not yeah, sure about the twenty. Yeah, it's but yeah, back to the the game. Um it was pretty fun. Didn't really overstay its welcome. Battle system was pretty entertaining. Uh some good humor, some uh, fan service, which I won't describe in detail, but but not as much as the other hyperdimension game I reviewed, which had a lot more of that in creepy ways. <laughs> was there? Uh, was it that that PSP to Wii to Vita series that everyone hates that you got to play the third installment of? Oh, uh, why? Oh, I'm just oh, you mentioned fan service and that. Uh, what the hell is it? Valhalla Knights Three. There we go. The fan service in that was the only, the only well-executed part of the game. 
Who kept buying those? Wait, we haven't seen a Valhalla Knights 4. Maybe people stopped buying them? I don't know. I, I'm not going to... I'm going to guess not. And and I my review copy was digital, so that game is forever tied to my PSN account. <laughs> yeah, for some reason our our publishers are just more willing to give out digital copies, especially of things like <laughs> I can't imagine why. Well, I'm glad they didn't do that for um, MS. No, instead we got a sequel. <sighs> That's right, I forgot about that. That's because Trent took your dare to play it, and he learned. Yeah. yeah. I feel I'm sorry, sorry we keep him. derailing this into really unpleasant territory. Yeah, uh, but yeah, um, Hyper Dimension, um, not going to try and say the whole title. Pretty good game. Uh, if you like those sorts of things, I would definitely recommend it. Well, there you go. Um... Boop, 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 boop. So uh, let's do a round table. Oh, do we have comments? Do we actually have comments? I need should have checked to see if we had comments, Mike. I wonder if we had comments. I'm going to go see if we had comments. Well, I'm going to go see while I have comments. I'm going to ask Mr. Apps what's going on with him. Um, Not too much, actually. Mostly Q&A Quest, um, which is the podcast where we attempt to answer people's questions, but mostly go on... In- insanely long tangents um and i've kind of taken a break from doing reviews uh but this year i will be doing an ongoing feature uh as i play through a bunch of atelier games this year oh you're going an atelier binge is that how you pronounce it i, I hate always, you know it I, I, think it's a, I, think, I think it's atelier atelier everyone does it differently is it is it french i think as long as you butcher it like a man <laughs> that's what kanji told me to tell you yeah but uh yeah i'm gonna be playing a bunch of those and doing some write-ups as i go along oh that, that uh, seems uh, like an endeavor worth taking can't wait to hear what you have to say on them because you know for some odd reason i have them and haven't played them i feel like i'm collecting them for some unknown reason and we oh, just I know. keep getting more <laughs> because my wife keeps telling me oh you should get that that looks really cute i like to play it and then she plays it for two hours and then she stops playing it because she sees something shinier and prettier uh, oh, and I've also been playing uh, Yakuza 0, which I will probably be streaming on occasion on the RP Gamer channel. Are you ah. going to do a second opinion because Sam was so off on her first review? Uh, probably not. Okay. I'll probably end up with the same opinion based on my early time. I will tell you, that, so that one came in the mail and uh, the missus, she's like, you got Yakuza? And I'm like, yeah. Oh, we gotta see it. So I put that in and uh we played for two hours maybe three got through basically the first chapter and oh my gosh she's like i want to stay up and see more but i gotta go to bed i want to see more <laughs> but i gotta go to bed lots of speaking of like uh, persona uh, four arena a lot of story so far at least in chapter one a lot of story a little fight a lot of story a little fight which is good because the story's been so far is excellent well, I believe it opens up because there's all kind, all oh, I'm sure, yeah. manner of side activities. Yeah, I told her about that. I said I, I saw the I you know I read I read Sam's review and I saw a video review on it. I said there's a lot of side games on it. The karaoke is amazing. Yeah, we did. I got to do one of the karaoke's. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, the little guy gave me a thumbs down. So you you've done the first boss fight then? Yes, she's like she's like he's epic. he's on fire. Get away, Phil! She started screaming because I, like I literally had used up all my hamburgers. <laughs> 
Because you can, you can. I found out you can carry hamburgers and they don't seem to spoil. Uh, and you can pull those blood suckers out like hailing potions in the middle of a fight, chomp it down. I had used them all up, and I was flashing in the red, and I had gotten through most of his second life bar because the guy has two of them. And she was screaming, "He's on fire now! Oh my gosh, he's on fire! Don't let him touch you! Keep dodging!" <laughs> she was screaming at the screen. I'm like, "You're not helping!" And, and you know, but I don't want to see you reloaded again. Don't die. I want to see what happens. I want to go to bed. I want to see what happens. So I, I did manage to get him, but you're right. That was pretty brutal. Yeah. But I, I got through. I actually died on, I, I did die one time to the to the guy before him, the 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 guy who sh- keeps showing up over and over again. And oh, the last was, time he shows up with a knife. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah. It was like, and that's why I was like, holy you know, I'm like, they stay dead, you beeping bastard. <laughs> and then he throws him out the window at the end. Yeah. I'm like, I think he's, and as I told you, I said, I think he's down this time. I think he's definitely not coming back from that. Famous last word. Um, yeah, he actually fell on the canopy outside. By the way, does Yakuza in Japanese, you know, I th- used to think it meant something like, you know, Japanese mafia and stuff. But actually in playing this game, I think it actually means uh, uh, Japanese facial pores. Because they the the, the 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 texture in their faces is so detailed, I swear you can count the pores. Probably. And most of the game is them yelling at each other. So yeah, you get to see a lot of. But it's amazing. It's absolutely the the detail in the in the the, the characters and their faces, their body. Yeah. You know, like that detail is just so wow. Yeah. And, and normally I'm not a. Obviously, I prefer dubs, but for this series, I think. Uh, you ha- absolutely have to have the original voiceover, mm. which obviously well, yes. they do. Especially after the dub that was done for the very first Yakuza they brought over. That was um, interesting. I've heard it's pretty terrible. It's something that you could probably experience and say, ah, now that is why none of the other ones got a dub. <laughs> just, just look around a bit. You'll find evidence and you'll say to yourself, ah... Yep, that, that was a wise decision, Sega. Not only did you cut your costs, but you made it more appealing. <laughs> anyway, cool, cool. Um, how about how about how about how about you, Mister? What's up with you? I'm just doing my normal stuff, I guess. View game, get the chance. Um, well, it's probably about time I mentioned it. Uh, so, you know, last year or during these podcasts, I kind of said, you know, I've had some stuff messed up in my life, and that's it. I had trouble talking about so. Yeah. We are approaching just a few days short of the one-year anniversary since I was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, and uh, so, yeah. What type? I have uh, melanoma. The, the type that's... Here's a little riddle. Where is a place you can't see, but it's exposed to sunlight all the time? Your back? <laughs> nope. Your inner eyeball. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's, so, yeah, that's what I've been dealing with. Um, I'm sorry to hear that, man. It's okay, actually. I'm mostly okay. It's been treated. I have very low chance of ever seeing it again, which Good. is I'm very lucky to be. But oh yeah. So yeah, it's just it's been a bit of a thing of my life. I mean, even just a few days ago, I had to get on a checkup to you know see if you know hey, I'm, am I still okay? The answer is I'm still waiting for the answer actually, but I'm probably okay because I've only got like a one percent chance of ever seeing this again. <laughs> Good. It's the kind of thing I still need to keep a lookout for. Yes. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, my yeah. uh, my 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 grandma and no my my stepmother and my grandpappy both uh, taken by cancer. Yeah. So 
I mean, all things told, I've been very lucky, even though it's like, this is a very rare one, so it's kind of, I'm very unlucky in that regard, but on the hand, you know, I've had some great doctors doing a lot to help me, so I wanted to shout out to, thank you, all of you doctors out there in the world, you're awesome. And, yeah, just wanted to get that off my chest, since, you know, it's like nearly the anniversary, so that's all. Uh, that's awesome, though, uh, that, uh, that it seems to be pretty much in remission there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm very lucky to get one that's just very much not aggressive. I've been lucky enough. Okay. Well, how about you? May you stay lucky. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. How about you, Mr. Miki? I think not long after we put up the last episodes, I put up the review for Dex on the Vita. And I would like to... This is a wonderful story. I had completed the game. I I saw the conclusion, well, one of the conclusions, and it was in the credits... And it crashed during the credits. <laughs> so this is just further cementing my impression of the Vita version as something that needed quality assurance and didn't get it. Because, you know, just because most of the time it will crash while you're loading to go to a new area and you will be able to pick up from a save not long ago, assuming you're willing to put up with these stupidly long load times to reload the game, it doesn't always do that. Oh, no, that would be convenient. <laughs> So, yeah, just go... I think I talked about it last time. You can go with that, and you can take this final experience. It, it's a special kind of game that decides that it needs to crash during credits on you. But yeah, I definitely yeah. completed it. And what else? Yes, I have something new that I've been playing, or new old. I am playing Dragon Quest Eight on the 3DS, and I'm having some fun with it. Unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. It is a good game, though. I've not played the 3DS version. <laughs> Well, I gather that the draw distance is decreased, but I didn't play enough of it on PS2 to really get that. I like the visible encounters because they're generally pretty easy to avoid, and you can easily pick out what the enemy is and whether you want to fight it right now. The visible encounters make going after Metal Slimes much, much easier. Yeah, Metal Slime firing is much easier in stuff like Dragon Quest, you know, 7, 3DS, or 9. The visible encounters in the 3DS version of 8 were like so natural that I honestly, like truly honestly forgot that the original game didn't have them. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, games, they add in these kind of encounters against the thing where you're like always stumbling through encounters and can't dodge them. I know, like, yeah. Dragon Quest 7 3DS, I have seen like these narrow paths. I can't possibly dodge them. I'm always running to enemies that just spawned. It's just really frustrating. Like, does yeah. 3DS dodge that, avoid yeah. that problem, or is it still yeah. got it? Yeah. Probably because it was designed differently. You you will actually have enough room to get by them most of the time, and the distance for them to actually see you is pretty small. So well, even if they do spot you, usually you'll have a chance to get away, um, unless they're right on your tail, in which case, well, you just have to deal with it. But yeah, and it, something else that's unique to this one, I don't remember ever seeing it in a game with visible encounters before, where if you spin the camera around, it will probably switch out what the enemies are around you. That's, I that's can't be, interesting. Yeah, just, if you're in a room that spawns metal slimes, just keep spinning the camera around until you finally find one. That's, that's, that's different. And then, of course, it will try to run away from you, but you can catch Chase it. Chase it down. Get, Get that metal slime. Points. Let's see. I, I am entertained by the thoroughly over-the-top British style of the localization. I can't remember, is it consistently British, or is it like changing dialect every time you hit a new town? Like, uh, There have been a few... Let's see, the fortune teller at the beginning... A very thick Slavic accent. 
I am the fortune teller. I will need my crystal ball for you. But most of the time it's British in my in my experience thus far. Okay. And by British I mean Scottish, Welsh, and various parts of them, but there's no uni- there is no one uniform British accent. Yeah, there's the dialects go back a long time, and there's a lot of variety. I haven't heard any Irish accents yet, but maybe it'll be the British Isles. And yeah, I'm just I, this new quest of the photography is surprisingly addictive. Where you, you meet a guy in a port town early on who gives you this quest to here. I'm I'm just going to tell you about some interesting things around the world that. If you can photograph them and take them back to me, I might give you rewards for it. And you know what? That's that's kind of addictive. Yeah, that sounds kind of fun, actually. And... Like, I, mean, I, I remember having a lot of fun with the Wind Waker photography mini game, even though that's actually really badly implemented in several ways. But <laughs> so I, I haven't gotten far enough yet to say more than it's an extremely well-designed Dragon Quest. I I'm enjoying it very much. I enjoy it on 3DS because that just allows me to pick it up and play whenever I want and not have to worry about setting aside time on the TV. But then again, that's how, that's why I like many portable renditions of games more. And other than that, mm, yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing lately. I mean, we could go into movies, but that would take a while and nobody's necessarily interested. So, Phil, you're up. <laughs> Hashtag team handheld there, right? Um, if you're not following hashtag team handheld, just piggybacking on Miki's comments about how awesome handheld gaming is. Um, no, I think I pale in mention of team handheld to our very own Max Storm. Yeah. Uh, so you can follow that at Twitter, follow that hashtag on Twitter, and our very own Max Storm is using that a lot and sharing lots of handheld news uh, on Twitter uh, and his uh, blog. Which he will put up, you know, he'll, he'll post on Twitter when he updates the blog, so you can go and check that out if you want to keep up on his take on the latest in handheld gaming doodads. It's a little plug for him there. Uh, but, uh, you know, I actually kind of got my stuff in with what most of y'all were saying. I've been, uh, we got Yakuza 0, I've been, been loving that so far. Uh, still working my way very slowly through uh, Persona Q and uh, Persona, Persona 4 Arena, which I can't believe how much story, if I haven't mentioned it before, how much story is in that fighting game. Holy shiz. I finished off, I don't know, seven character stories so far. And whenever you finish off, like, you know, you, you go through like five battles with a single character and you get through some more story chunk or whatever have you. And it brings you back out to pick a new character at the top of the screen. It shows you what percentage you're through of the story. And I'm still in like the 30s. You know, like 30-some percent, like, holy cow, they are doing their best to make this fighting game feel like an epic RPG, at least in terms of how much text they're cramming into it. So. Yeah, I've gone through a couple of Blaze Blue games since I really like that franchise from that same mm-hmm. developer, and it sounds a lot like the same. Just lots of talking, lots of stories, things happening. Yeah. And then you realize, like, how much more of this do I have to get through? How much more is there? It, it probably wouldn't be so bad here, except uh, you know, the, the the as you're going through each character, they're just basically giving you the same story from a different perspective. So while each perspective can bring some unique information to the table, you got to go through a lot of repeated elements. 
to get to that. That could drag it down a little. Yeah, there is fast forward buttons. You can keep pressing X, but then if you're too fast on that, you might miss. Like, there's been a couple of times where it actually asks you to make a decision, and it only happens once in a while. And I have no clue if that decision has a true impact or if it's just a false decision or what. But I, I can't mean, tell you. I think like Blaze Blue sitting on different alternate routes, but I don't know if they'd have those in that game. Yeah, maybe. But I, I press through them so quick. Because I'm just Xing through, like, okay, blah, 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 stuff that I pretty much know what you're saying because we've been down this hallway before. And it's like, oh, wait, I just missed something important. Oh, well, keep going. <laughs> but uh, but I do want to see what's going to happen. I do want to see how the plot works out. And uh, it is a, a, you know, it is interesting enough to, to want to see what's going to take place. It's just getting through the, the reputation. And like Mr. Rep said, the fighting itself is, is pretty solid. I'm not a fighting fan at all. I don't have the reflexes for it. But I do feel like with some of the characters... Uh, I do get into a groove, and 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 since their final desperate whatever the hell move it's called, the the instant death kill one is really just pressing down and two buttons at the same time, uh, or down three times and then those two buttons at the same time, uh, which anybody can do. Like that, it's really funny. Like pulling <coughs> off, seeing everyone's final deadly dance move or whatever. That's pretty awesome. So, hmm. um, yeah, I actually don't find that as hard to figure out as Mortal Kombat. Oh my gosh, you ever try figuring out those final fatalities and stuff? I can never do that. <sighs> All right, well, I think that's about it. Thank you. Well, oh, go I, ahead. No, you've reminded, you've reminded me of Mortal Kombat. I I remembered how to do people's special moves, but I almost never tried to do the fatalities. It was just too much of a pain. No, yeah, it wasn't. And it's, you had to get the timing just right. Like, it was bad enough you had to remember up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, whatever. But then you had to Especially do it. Especially since it's a fighting game, and up, if you do it wrong, makes you jump and you just run. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, special moves that have up involved in them. Oh, just drive me bananas. Um, and then playing, I think it was, was it Kanji? I think I was doing his storyline. And to do his super special, you have to be up in the air. While you're up in the air, you have to press the down three times and the two buttons. I can't tell you how many times I try to get that right. You know, so I figure, okay, maybe I have to do a high jump to have enough air time. So you press down and up to do a high jump real quick. And then while you're up in the air, da 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 down, you know, X, Y at the same time, whatever. Oh, screw it. Just screw it. I'm just going to beat you with this chair, woman. Come over here. Come over here. I'm going to beat you with this chair, Teddy. You deserve this. All those bear jokes, those bad bear puns. Oh, but Persona, go back to Persona Q real quick. Uh, we were talking about this somewhere on Twitter, on the forums, or whatever have you. Real funny thing. In Persona Q, you can pick characters from Persona 3 or 4 that, you know, to go through the dungeons. There doesn't seem to be any substan- any real storyline consequence for who you take with you. Um, no, everybody's always there to talk about plot events yeah. anyway. Yeah, they just mysteriously pop up, so there's no big decision there. And s- tactically speaking, since everybody's a wild card in that game, and so basically everybody can equip whatever sub-persona on top of their main persona, there's less strategy, too, as far as who exactly you have with you at any point in time. Um, but what's really cool is I have found out... So I've been playing, farting around different characters... And, and, you know, with these games, you always wonder, should I level them up evenly or should I just focus on a few because I'm wasting my time? Like we mentioned before in that other game, um, you know, so just focus on a few. Well, I have found out that I want Teddy in my party because his jokes in the combat are at the end. I just, I'm sorry, they cracked me up. I I just, I, that, you know, that, that was bear-mazing or whatever. I mean, like, he'll come up with the wackiest things out of left field. We just barely got by on that one. You know, just, just, shut up, Daddy. No, that was funny. No, seriously. Um, 
I love having him in the Persona Q party because because the, the, the things the characters say at the end of the battle and things like that, that differs from character to character. It's not storyline. It's just their little quips. His are funny. The rest of them are kind of eh. So <laughs> um, some of the characters are a little like they're all exaggerated. Like Chie keeps talking about eating steak all the time, like five times more than she ever did in Persona 4. Um, so it, it's so over top it could get on your nerves. But in Teddy's case, it absolutely makes sense. So because he was always up even on the best of days. Alrighty, uh, let's remind you that RPG, RPG Backtrack is a production of RPGamer.com, your source for news, reviews, and home to the best RPG gaming community on the net. Head on over to RPGamer.com. We have other podcasts for you, like the RPG Cast. We have the Active Topical Bander. We have the Q&A Quest. That's all right there. Of course, you can also find all those on iTunes as well, I'm sure. Uh, you can look us up on Twitter. Uh, I'm at JC Servant. Mr. Mickey is at Jumason. Mr. Apps is at Ask Wheels. By the way, if you have any complaints about our podcast, that's oh. wheels at rpgamer.com. Uh, make sure you send those complaints right in. Um, he will answer them personally. He takes them very seriously. And, uh, and Nathan, do you have a contact information you'd like to share? I forget. Uh, um, no, I'm fine. Good. No, nah, no, nah, he's all good. Um, Sorry, so, just, you know me. I. I have nothing to say, so I'm kind of sorry. So, so no tweeting, Nathan. Uh, but you can you can tweet us. Uh, and remember those complaint letters. Ask uh, it, it's wheels at rpgamer.com. <laughs> uh, so that's our complaint department. Uh, so yeah, head on over to forums, whatever you want to do, however you want to interact with us. We are here for you. Over at facebook.com forward slash rpgamer, twitter.com forward slash rpgamer as well. Follow us if you want. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Miki. Please put us to sleep. I would like to say, as a general proviso to everyone listening, unless you have access to a persona, I would recommend against jumping into the television world of anyone who is presented to you. It will probably not go well. Good night.